You have just entered the Katie Ma podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to episode 251 of the KB Mod Podcast. It is September 25th, 2016. And uh, I'm going to get real close here to the microphone. Yeah. Because, Brandon, it's me and you today. Just me just and you. Just us. Just and us. This is, just us this and the is listeners. Us and the listeners. This is, this is historic. This has never happened in the history. We've been doing this podcast for obviously 251 episodes now. Mm-hmm. And there has never been a cast in the history of the show just me and you. That's we were true. talking about that in the pre-show. That's, That's crazy. True. This is the first time it's happened. We've been doing this so long. But um, you know what? Frankly, I think it's long overdue. Because I think you, yeah, you, you I know, agree. We we've got we've got good chemistry, and uh, it's about time that the mm-hmm. world sees what mm-hmm. we bring to the table. Just us, right. laid bare for everyone. That's right, exactly. I mean, we listen. We we're, we're we're adventurous people, you know. We add, you know, there's more people in the mix, absolutely. And you know, I don't judge anything that Brandon and I have brought into our relationship. But sometimes it's good to get just back to the basics and see that chem. That has so far, I think, made us replace over four Sealy Posturepedics in the course of uh, how many years? Uh, well, like four plus years of the cast. So, anyway, I would say uh, in, in private, it's becoming an expensive habit. It is it, absolutely so, but yeah, absolutely good to get back to basics. Katie Zen is not feeling well uh, tonight, so I hope he uh, he feels better. Send him some send him some love if you're if you're listening to just the audio version. I hope he's still not sick because it's Sunday, but. You know, you could tweet him at KDZN18 and say, hey, how you feeling, bud? Just listen to the cast. I would actually and, love for uh, someone listening to this like four or five days after the cast posts, like the audio version, just send him a tweet and hope he's feeling better. And he's been feeling better yeah. for days now. <laughs> and he's going to be he, like, <laughs> Hey, he'll appreciate the thought, though. I no, think, he will. So. He will. But that, yeah. that would be, I think that would be even better is he, you know, it's already passed for him, but he realizes that someone is in that moment thinking about him and he's, and he's already better. Exactly. Um, so I hope he feels better. And then Brad uh, had something come up, uh, a bit of emergency, so he's not able to be on. So we will miss both of them. But like we said, we will also relish this time together because I don't know when the next time this is going to happen with me and Brandon. And you know what? Your first time is always – well, anyway. They say it's supposed to be special. But <laughs> for me uh, – anyway, I, well, I won't get into it. But This isn't – I mean – Scott, let's be honest. This isn't really yep. our first time. No, it's not. Exactly. It's, not even it's our just first, our first time. <laughs> it's not even our first time with the camera on. <laughs> That's true, too. I guess. Oh, boy. Yeah, you're right. All right. So we'll get uh, we'll get into this. So, I mean, let's first talk about happenings this week, Brandon. Um, anything to report as far as we'll talk about what we've been playing? Maybe. I mean, it's only the two of us. So I guess we could merge the two topics together. We don't have to be as. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be as structured talking. when it's just us, too. No. So tell me about your week. Um, How was your week? It was good. I'm still, uh, I, you know, from a from kind of just a life perspective, uh, you know, kind of things have been busy uh, working up toward TwitchCon because TwitchCon's next weekend. And so uh, there's, there's you know, a lot of hubbub around, uh, you know, I, if, if you're listening. And a, you lot don't know do, I, a lot to do. A lot to do around it. Yeah. Well. I, I work at Twitch, obviously. So uh Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, well, you know, that new listener maybe doesn't know that. No, Uh, yeah, that's, you know what's funny is I joke, but there is probably a couple people that are like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) They're actually going to be like, wait, Brandon, what's it doing? (laughs) Um, So that's been kind of busy. And uh, and just in in my free time, I'm still still on that wow grind um, because I'm kind of, because I got in like a few weeks late and Legion came out uh, a little while ago, like I'm kind of behind the curve in terms of what people are already doing. 
in mm-hmm. uh, in the new expansion. So I've been kind of trying to play catch up a little bit so that I can play more with people because other people are doing like higher level dungeons and stuff, and I my character is not quite there. So um, so I've been doing that, and I just you know I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep it keep it honest. You know, we come come here every week and tell you. You know, I, that's I'm... right. The last couple, <laughs> last two weeks, we've been. This is the Brandon check in where yeah. we have to say how. You know, last week you were like, you played. You were honest though. You said you played more than you probably thought you maybe should have. Or yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't horrible. But where where are we at? Where are we at this week? No, I think. I mean, I'm. I think I'm keeping a good balance. But I have been playing. I've been playing at least a little bit each night, which I think okay. is is actually like is good. I kind of want that habit where I have something I can play, you know, for maybe an hour or two um, right. before I go to bed. And so wow has kind of filled that spot. But, uh, you know, it's like, it, it's still that desire is definitely there to just like work from home the next day or, <laughs> you know, take a, <laughs> take a sick day and, yes. uh, and just grind yes. out, you know, grind out a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not doing that. I'm still trying to, trying to keep up other responsibilities but uh, it has kind of it's pushed other games to the wayside and like for instance you know i normally hearthstone's kind of my go-to kind of casual game just get in a few you know a few a uh, few hearthstone games to to relax okay. and i haven't really played much hearthstone at all so it's kind of like that's the thing wow does it just pushes out the other games in your life yeah and uh so yeah that's that's mostly what i've been playing and i've actually uh I've still been playing a little bit of pokemon go cuz i'm looking forward to playing at twitchcon because like there's gonna be a mm. whole bunch of people there and so i'm hoping you know i'm hoping like there's some good stuff at twitchcon and i can have some fun with pokemon there it's gotten a little bit stale uh yeah and so like i'm not i'm not really playing actively like i used to i'm more just kind of like you know i'll open it up every now and then but uh so i want to i want a reason to play pokemon again and i'm hoping that twitchcon kind of reignites some of that yeah, like last week, I think I said last week, maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I just got rid of it, man. I just wasn't, I wasn't using it at all, and I was never as into it as you were. I mean, I enjoyed it uh, for like maybe a month or two, but um, you know, if if you believe uh, Twitch chat, Pokemon Go is dead, which I know it is far from it. But are you not like, are you still noticing when you, you haven't been as, I guess you said you haven't been active and like going out and seeing yeah. people are still playing, but is that? I mean, I think like, that down San Francisco. I think San Francisco. You know, you still see a lot of activity with it. Um, especially because yeah. just the uh, kind of downtown Embarcadera area near the water is is sort of like the Santa Monica Pier. It's one of those spots where you can just catch a ton of Pokemon. Um, and so I think people still play around there a lot because it's mm. obviously it's fun to be catching a lot of stuff and catching new stuff. But I mean, for me, it's just it's it's like the variety is not there, right? Like if I play mm. if I play. Uh, kind of walking toward the train station or something like that and i'm just kind of cruising around i just see the same garbage pokemon over and over mm-hmm. like there's no variety to it and so there's no once you get to higher levels like there's just no reason to really play day to day because like i just i can only catch so many like pidgeys and rattas right. and yeah. you know like that's just yep. not fun so i think like i'm kind of holding out that the game i think they probably have some much bigger plans for the game and so I'm holding out that, you know, playing a little bit now, once the game does get good, I'll be in a good position to enjoy it. And I think I've said that before. It feels like a game that, yeah. like, is really yeah. unfinished. Um, and they're going to have to work really quickly because, like, that's the death of a mobile game is when people right. stop playing. And so I know that they're, 
you know, they've got to be burning the midnight oil trying to, you know, make improvements, um, kind of make some, uh, like, make some updates to the game to keep things fresh. Otherwise, they're going to keep seeing their player numbers drop. And like you said, I mean, it's like still one of the biggest mobile games. It's like probably the biggest mobile game of all time still. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but like so. that's, you know, obviously you want to maintain that dominance. And the mobile game space is a weird space. Like something that's really hot, even the biggest, you know, the biggest mobile game ever uh, can come in, make a big splash and could be nothing a year from now. Like yeah, that's how absolutely. that's how hot and cold mobile games can get. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play it in San Diego and kind of see uh, see what what we catch there. But that's like I don't know. I need I need a reason to still use the my new my new like big backup battery that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, they they need to they just need to add they need to get on like you said they're working on stuff but be, like the trading the be, being able to battle your, battle your friends very easily you know like all that kind of stuff that that needs to happen and yeah you'll see I think you'll probably see a big influx again right. of people. I think, not not I that they've not, got again a, like some people are playing but like you know, it's sure it's funny know. too because since that since the game is largely like outside and getting around right. I think they've got to probably add some features like you're talking about like for, you know features with your friends or something like that where I can enjoy playing when I'm inside because it's like, it's becoming, it's going into winter in the U S. Um, right. and so like, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to walk outside like I do right now. Uh, right. if I'm in like New York or like Plus there's Colorado, some real good stuff, right? Like there's gotta be a real reason for me to walk outside <laughs> or there's gotta be a reason for me to like stay inside, but play with my friends. And mm-hmm. you know, who knows if they're even thinking about that stuff. But I, I think they probably they'll probably see their player numbers dip a lot during the winter because people just aren't going outside. Right. Okay. So so okay with the still feeling comfortable with how much you've been playing. Like you're not like you're playing a little bit every day, but you haven't you haven't taken a sick day or no 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 no. But I've worked been... from home with the sole purpose of grinding <laughs> so that you no. can be okay the level no, you want to be. Sta- I'm staying okay. staying honest with you. But, that's uh, good though, but that's smart. I mean, we joke about that, but man, when there's a game like when you when you beyond the fact that it's reignited your passion for WoW, right? Yeah. Which is a huge deal. This was also something that we've talked about in your in your history that really, <laughs> you know, you know this it's, game it's ran a, your life yeah. for a while. So for you to be like, hey, I'm I'm still like I, I'm functioning as a normal human for the most part, you know. That's, These are definitely very first world problems, but oh, absolutely, they sure they I mean they are. Uh, it, it is kind of a challenge when you when you kind of fall back into a game, you know, like a game that you've had history with, uh, like Absolutely. I have. It is tough to kind of, you know, to kind of force yourself to <laughs> to get off the PC, and uh, and so I'm, you know, I'm trying to trying to stay responsible. But I have been enjoying, it, like, definitely on the weekends when I don't really have a whole lot else to do. Um, I've been enjoying just, you know, just binging some WoW. Like it's yep. it's it's such an easy game to just play for like five or six hours and not even realize it yep. uh, which is obviously the danger you know on a weekday but if you're if you're on a weekend or something and you don't have much else to do um and it's just it can be it can be a lot of fun um and the other thing too mm-hmm. uh so like this weekend i'm playing and uh and there's not a whole lot of food in the house and so i'm like we live in you know we live in the bay area like there's got to be mm-hmm. there's got to be multiple you know, food delivery services. And I know right. there are like definitely in San Francisco, but we live outside of San Francisco proper. So I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know what services are out here. Well, I found one 
And I don't know what all restaurants they deliver, but it doesn't really matter because they deliver Cheesecake Factory. Oh, God. <laughs> and so, wow. And oh, so boy. last night, I had Cheesecake Factory delivered to me at like 1130. <laughs> wow. And, uh, wow, this so discovery. If you think you had a better Saturday than me, you're, <laughs> you didn't. Dang. Dang. Yeah, that's a lot of the, like that food delivery stuff and all that's definitely uh, that's all that stuff's like a true West Coast thing. Yeah, uh, you don't really. I mean, I'm sure maybe uh, I shouldn't say I'm sure maybe in New York or, or bigger uh, like cities that it exists, maybe in like Philly somewhere. But yeah, in the more rural areas or if you're outside the city, you ain't getting <laughs> you ain't getting Cheesecake Factory delivered. Yeah, yeah I know. That's why I was kind of surprised oh, that it because uh, a lot of that stuff does not, you know, does not deliver out where we yeah, live. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. Wow. But yeah, mm-hmm. I was I was pretty happy with that. So that's I mean, speaking of dangerous, you know, dangerous things. My God, like dude! Just... Combine the cheesecake factory <laughs> delivery with a nice wow bench, Brandon. You're gonna be it's... up. Uh, Brandon's yeah. five ten pounds in a, in for a someone weekend. for someone with a little bit of disposable income to spend on a wow subscription and uh, food <laughs> delivery. Just... Man, you gotta you gotta really watch yourself. Oh boy! In about two years from now, we're gonna mark this as the time that this was like Brandon's hint that things were actually crumbling, but it seemed fine. <laughs> And they're gonna be like, remember Brandon before he was pulled out of his house in a crane on TLC? <laughs> it's one of those things. His job that, you know, and his it, marriage. Yeah, it, it all takes, started it takes with you cheesecake. by surprise. It takes you by surprise. All you know, all of a sudden, Dude. all of a sudden, you haven't left your house in a few days. Yep. You know, a few days can become a few weeks, <laughs> months, and then it's uh, yeah. it's rough out there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the only yeah. other thing is, uh, right before the cast, I just I sort of impulse bought a new a new video card. Mm. I, uh, I bought a 1070 because I thought, actually, you know what happened? I'll tell you the exact uh, the exact thought process I had. I was looking up uh, like some news and stuff from this week, and I saw uh, some Battlefield One news. It was just like it was just the maps, like maps and modes, and uh, and then I, I I saw a link to the system specs, and I was like, oh, okay, what are the system specs? And mm. then like for you know for we've talked about system specs before that like a lot of times the minimum recommended spec doesn't really mean anything, right. but, uh, but you know, for battlefield, it's like, all right, what's the recommended spec? Cause a lot of times battlefield games kind of do push hardware and the recommended spec for battlefield was a, was a 4790, which is, I have a 4790 K processor and the graphics card is a GTX 1060, which is pretty close. Mm-hmm. If not, maybe a little better than a 970. And I was like, Oh man, you know, like I've, you know, when I play WoW, my frames lag a little bit when things are, you know, when things are getting heavy. Do I really just want to be like the bear recommended for Battlefield 1? Oh, boy. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. and so I just, I was like, yeah, you know what? I should just get a new video card. Um, so I <laughs> yeah. grabbed, grabbed a 1070, you know, that's the, the beauty of two day shipping is like, yeah, sure. I I would like to have that on Tuesday. <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah so i grabbed the new 1070 and uh we'll have that you know have that just pop it into my rig i heard uh i heard that you were possibly selling your 970 brandon i am actually true? and i think uh, would you like to make a or is somebody already uh, well before, I, I mean, before too long after uh one yeah. jimmy Wizenhunt mm. uh decided mm. he might want a second 970 because that's actually one of the that's why i like getting those uh those cards like a yeah. like a stock overclocked um you know 970 or 1070 like not the highest highest tier but the one below just like a really good version of those is because they make great sli cards 
and I normally don't SLI, like I'll normally go for a, a powerful single card setup. But when you're when you are looking to upgrade, the like the resale value on those cards is normally really good. Yeah. So yep. that's that's been my they strategy for like the past two or three video cards I've had is you know I'm still able to sell it for a pretty reasonable price, and um, and you know I mean video cards last a long time as long as you're not overclocking and doing crazy stuff. So um, so yeah you know get a little bit of money back for um, you know get a get a discount on the new card basically. Very cool. All right, Brandon. Well, you've had quite a week. Uh, Cheesecake Factory uh, <laughs> yesterday. Some WoW. Between, a new video Cheesecake card. Factory, a new video card. I mean, uh, I'm on cloud I nine. Mean, dude, what? I, that's that's going to be a hard weekend to beat. Um, <laughs> well, that's why we have yeah, TwitchCon coming up. You know, we're just going to keep right. rolling into great weekends. That's a good point. That's a great point. Um, yeah. What about I, you? Uh, How do yes, you stack yes. up, Scott? I yeah. I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm near as. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm close to, uh, I mean, I didn't order any uh, Cheesecake Factory, but um, my week is pretty good. I, as far as what I've been playing and stuff like that, I, you know, I've been playing a lot of Counter-Strike and on that front, I just wanted to state a few things and give credit where credit is actually due. And I have to say that Valve um, has been, I don't want to say on point with the updates that they've been releasing, but there has been a clear shift and i don't know exactly there was recently a new uh developer who's been a lot more forward-facing and kind of like in reddit and oh really some of the comments yeah and and like like actively it seems like trolling uh for for issues and he there was a post a while ago where he was saying like you know i want to work with the community on stuff and uh they fixed so they they had released a patch that had uh inadvertently uh, messed up uh, jumping and crouch jumping you were able to jump a lot higher than you should be able to if you spammed uh, crouch jump so you could basically get into spots that um, you shouldn't be able to boost into which totally changes the gameplay in a lot of maps right where oh, yeah. so if you're watching an area on like mirage or mid for instance and it usually requires two people to boost into you know that makes noise you can you can expect that but obviously when if you look away and then only one person is up there, uh, so it was it was a pretty big deal, and you know people were people were abusing it uh, for the most part. Um, but uh, they they released an update that uh, fixed that. Uh, I mean, relatively, I wouldn't say like super quick, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think we dealt with it probably for maybe a week or a little bit less, and so that's been fixed. They also are continuing to add stuff into the uh, the beta build uh, before like to get feedback and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. And they they actually there was a networking thing that was found like as far as like rates and stuff like that uh, to deal with basically server choke, which is something that anybody that plays an FPS has dealt with and especially Counter-Strike. And uh, they basically updated uh, the max rate in the game for people with um, uh, better connections and stuff like that. And it's also a server variable. And it basically if if uh, when implemented properly, for the most part, eliminates uh, eliminates choke uh, from from the game uh, overall, um, which is which is crazy because that's something that's always been an issue. So, um, I've it's been pretty exciting to see kind of the shift because obviously it's you know it's been doom and gloom in Counter Strike for a while. You know, despite all of the success, you know the betting scandals and all that, we ha- we had to deal with that, and then. You know, there was a lot of tone deaf updates where we're just like, what are they doing with the game? And I'm, I'm assuming those will still continue. But but the great news is, at least uh, as far as the last couple updates, and it looks like kind of the focus that they're uh, or that they're, they're, they're that they're at least starting to listen. And I'm not even going to say that, like, 
they weren't listening before, but mm-hmm. it's clear with kind of the frequency of the updates and, the, and then having the beta client and some of the things that they address that are directly have been found, you know, from people in the community that they're, uh, that they're working, they're working more, they're working with us more and they're being, I, I don't want to say that they're being more transparent, but that they're addressing things that people are talking about. Um, well, I mean, so I, I feel like CSGO is in a, is in a stage where you would expect refinements like the, like what you mentioned with choke exactly. and things like exactly. that. Like that's what, that, those are the kinds of updates you expect out of a fairly mature game. And so that like, that's the way that you still keep the, I think, keep your users bought in is when they see that, yep. you know, you're, you're, there's not necessarily like really low hanging fruit anymore, but that's something that makes the experience better. Getting rid of, you know, getting rid of choke, like something that's, <laughs> that I think like CS yeah. players would recognize since the game has existed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, um, also to comment right now in the beta. So one thing that, uh, as far as that, I won't bore people that don't play CSGO, uh, too much, but one thing in the current meta is that uh, pistols in the game are so powerful, right? And the reason you go, well, what's the problem with pistols being powerful? It's that on eco rounds, so rounds where you're not able to afford a rifle, uh, or, you know, even an SMG or whatever, and you're on these eco rounds, uh, you know, you can be a team fully equipped with AKs, head armor, the whole the whole thing, and you can still get one shot by something that costs, you know, three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And it happens a lot, and it makes eco rounds in Counter Strike extr- like the pistols are, are just so powerful in the game, and it's something that people have been frustrated for a while. And in the beta currently, uh, they are experimenting with uh, basically removing one shot headshots from like the cheaper pistols in the game. Um, so whereas, you know, you can actually be, be killed instantly, uh, at, at, you know, what different ranges it's going to, it's going to possibly go away. I don't want to say they're experimenting with it. It would be incredible. Uh, I, I personally, for me, if that actually went away, some of the, you know, the more expensive ones, I'm sure the Deagle would still one shot headshot mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Some of the more, like, I think what is the Deagle 800, 750 or 800? I don't know, but I think it's 800. Um, so Anyway, all good stuff, and uh, so I want to I want to give credit where credit's due because I know I I ran about I feel like it's not a, it's not a podcast if I don't rant about Valve in some form, but I I I'm definitely cautiously optimistic about the last maybe month month and a half of what we've seen so far. So um, good like, good, good signs. Good to, good good to signs. see it on the positive upswing. Yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that, and then I also played played some Killing Floor this week, Killing Floor 2, uh, been enjoying nice. that game, trying to grind out, um, just doing the support class, because honestly, it's probably the easiest, and I really enjoy using the shotguns in that game, the A12 is amazing, um, but played some played some more Killing Floor, and that's uh, that's been a good time, and uh, yeah, that game's just beautiful, it runs amazing, uh, it looks amazing, definitely more variety as far as bosses or something that, I know that they're working on another boss right now. Um, I think that would definitely help the game because I do I do tend to hit a wall and I think people that play with me feel this way too with Killing Floor. Maybe maybe not. Maybe some people can just play it forever. But I feel like after like two or three hours of like – I mean there's a lot of map variety but because there isn't a ton of variety as far as the bosses, you can get the Patriarch or you can get Hans, the uh, the, the scientist. Yeah. And I mean they do different things but you can only fight them so many times uh, before you're kind of like, all right, we need something else. So – I'm right. hoping uh, I'm hoping more stuff kind of comes down the line as far as boss variety, but um, that was that was enjoyable. But yeah, after like two or three hours, uh, I agree with chat. It's kind of like you know hard to hard to stick it out. Killing Floor, I think, is is a game that is so good in small doses 
Yeah, but yeah. I, I think I mean you you. Uh, for, it's grindy. It is it is real grindy, right. and like in Killing Floor yeah. One, um, sometimes oh, if yeah. you just if you would just join a random server and you'd see people that had like high level <laughs> in in you know like more than one class, I was just like how. How do you even do it? How do you play this game that much? Because it just really, it it is it does get so grindy. And I think the some of the magic of that game is not understanding all of the mechanics really like down to a T. And mm-hmm. once you understand like all the mechanics, Killing Floor Two is is a little more complex. But like Killing Floor One, there are like some you know pretty basic things that if you if yeah. you understood it, like you could win pretty consistently every single time. But that yep. sort of takes the magic out of it. <laughs> Of like exactly. you you lose the the magic of playing with your friends and actually having trouble, uh, you know, and like you lose that feeling of getting overrun. Um, right. But Killing yeah, Floor I mean, Two, it's... I think like I, I think they will yeah. add more bosses. Like that seems like a pretty natural um, way. Yeah, to Yeah, from what I understand, I don't know if it's a. I, I could be. I I feel like someone. I feel like who I was playing with said that they know that they are for in fact working on another boss. Yeah. But I think I, I'm sure I, I know it's a small dev team. Like I I know it's not very many people working on the game. Um. So I'm sure that takes a lot of time and testing. But yeah, that would definitely be something where I don't know that would definitely add to maybe it feeling less uh, less grindy. I mean, in Killing Floor Two is less grindy as far as like how long it takes to 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 level up. I feel like overall, and you know, I don't think it's quite as hardcore. As the first game, there are certain things that are. I mean, I think overall, personally for me, it's a better game. I played a decent amount of Killing Floor One. Oh, I think I, think I like a, I Killing mean, I Floor. Think it's a way better game. Like, I yeah, think it's better yeah. in pretty much every aspect. But like for yeah. how, but long you have some they... purists who kind of like because it was more raw in the first. That's you know true. what I mean? There's like people that are like, yeah, well, they didn't hold your hand as much. I just like <laughs> okay, yeah, but they also refined the fuck out of the experience. Right. Really, it's it's for basically Killing Floor, Killing Floor One with with a yes. ton of refinements and you know new yeah. classes and stuff, but. It's beautiful. Too. It's it's really like a superset of a game on top of Killing Floor One. Like it's just all right. around a, a better product. And um, and the one <laughs> thing that I think that game in particular, like that dev team has shown, mm-hmm. is that Trip even if now. even if you only play you know a couple hours every now and then, that's a game that that you can be confident will continue getting updates for years and years. Exactly. Like you yep. might hit if you if you grind it out, you know that that like that grinding is going to pay off. Because people are going to be playing Killing Floor Two for a really long time, so you're not. It's not like Call of Duty where, like, I honestly I don't know why people even bother prestiging in Call of Duty, right? Like, what do you actually get out of that? Because you're going <laughs> to replace that game in a year. Whereas with Killing Floor Two, if you level up, you know, if you level up a lot of the classes and stuff, you're going to get a few years at least out of that oh, progress. Sure. Yeah, I think that's like that's something that i really like i don't want to have to waste my time doing the same thing over and over and so that's why i like killing floors like i i did a bunch of grinding at the very beginning of the game and i know that just doing that grinding up front will make me happier like two years three years down the line and the experience yeah exactly down the road it's going to be good for it no i totally agree i mean i I could not agree more i feel like killing floor i mean i know it already has a pretty solid i mean there's always people playing i know it has a pretty big fan base but I know for a fact, even people in my chat that don't have the game, they're like, hey, that looks fun. Like, I, I think one of the huge selling points is exactly what you're saying. It's like, if you're going to grind something, like, don't fucking grind Call of Duty for a fucking yeah. icon next to your name. <laughs> that really is not, like, none of it's going to affect the actual gameplay. Whereas, like, in Killing Floor, uh, you know, Killing it does Floor, directly it does affect, affect the gameplay. The gameplay yeah. And you can play on harder difficulties, obviously, the more you grind up. It's like, okay, well, now. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I've got all these uh, perks now. It's like, all right, let's go to hell the, on earth. The mode game is like so. completely different when you're starting out versus like in the advanced tiers exactly. of one of the classes. I mean, the, yep. like, I think they do a pretty good job of making those harder difficulties really pretty inaccessible until you get some of those key perks. And so yep. you're, you're playing a pretty different game. Uh, once you get to those higher levels, which is pretty cool. I mean, not that there's ever going to be like a pro scene in killing floor. Cause it's, it's only a co-op game. But right. you look at people that really take it seriously, and you know there are people that want to take on like the hardest level difficulty, uh, and and that's basically not an option until you have probably the like at least second highest tier perks. Yeah, like yep. before that, it's not even worth trying. Yep, exactly. Uh, I'm sorry, Chad is pointing out uh, that uh, I I did make a little bit of a misstatement saying that it's only a uh, you know an icon next to your name. Uh, of of course the gold camos. Sorry about oh, that. Yeah, yeah. The colored name tags. The more creative classes. Um, don't want to do too much of a disservice. Yeah, make sure to it call it those corrections. We don't want to. We don't want to get angry tweets and emails after that's the right. fact. I know we have a lot of uh, diehard <laughs> COD fanboys here. I wouldn't want to offend them. But uh, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So that's basically what I played. I didn't really. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to as far as stuff I'm looking forward to. I'm really excited for for Mafia Three. I think that's going to be a really good game. And uh, that comes out, I think, I want to say October seventh. So we're That's getting there soon. after Twitch. Yep, after TwitchCon, it's gonna be it's gonna be right around the corner. So I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's gonna do it as far as what we've been doing this week and what we've been playing. Uh, shall we jump into the news? Was there anything you wanted to add? No, no uh, I have to ask. No flea markets. I know you would bring it up. But no, no, make... yeah, no, no flea markets this week. Nothing, okay. nothing too exotic. Okay. Like Fair I mean, like I said, I basically did the best I could not to go outside this weekend. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't willing right. to go to a cheesecake factory. Let I mean, alone, that's true. You wouldn't even <laughs> let yeah, alone a flea market. That was a dumb question in <laughs> retrospect. After I, after what you told me you did this weekend. So, um, all right, let's get in our first news story, and this one is a doozy. This one is a doozy. There's a reason it's uh, the first one. Exactly. So, in Australia, a man has patented. The ham dog, which uh, is, you heard it right, the ham dog, which is a hot dog and burger combo. And uh, this is not a joke. And you may say, well, why on a gaming podcast, maybe if you're a newer listener, are you starting with a story about a hot dog and burger combo? And the answer to that would be we have a very storied storied history with food on this podcast and especially the hot dog and more uh, specifically, is the hot dog a sandwich? And we have spent, I don't know, probably multiple episodes of time over the years, if you add it all up, talking about this issue. Brandon. I think we definitely have, and, over the course of our, like, of oh, some yeah, of the podcasts, we, we have, I would say, probably the most depth in terms of this discussion. Like, yeah. I have seen this discussion pop up in other places on the internet and in news sure, articles right. and things. I think yeah. we probably have the most comprehensive uh, you know, debates about yep. whether the hot dog is a sandwich. So yep. this is definitely important. But I think even past that, I would say that like we're featuring this article because we are people that appreciate innovation. Absolutely. And if you look yeah. at this picture, uh, Dude, I'm 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 this... guessing I'm going to go out on a limb and say if you Google ham dog, you could just yeah. find this I'm picture. A, I'm going to I'm going to link them to the actual article here for people that are actually live in chat. But yes, if you're an audio listener, just literally Google that. You will find it. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of how you describe the actual thing that's been invented. It's basically like kind of an extended, extended bun, 
And so yes. there's like a, a hamburger bun, which is circular, but then instead it extends out uh, almost like you're looking at the front of like a propeller plane. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to describe it. So it's like a hamburger bun with wings. Yes. Exactly. I mean, a hamburger bun in the middle, it, it kind of holds that shape. But then on the left and the right, you've got, like you said, you've got w- the start of a hot dog bun, I guess the end of one. And uh, so the way that, okay, so this was actually, this is created by Mark Murray. And he actually appeared on Shark Tank. Um, so uh, to try to get funding for this. And uh, they kind of laughed him out of, uh, apparently they weren't, they weren't in on it. They didn't really believe in the product. And uh, I mean, I I don't know if I can say that I, I don't know if I look if I would look at this and say, hey, this is going to be you know the next big thing, but they're he's finding a lot of success, uh, selling it basically at uh, at some, at a fair, and um, there's actually a video in in the article that uh, this is a uh, BBC article that we're referencing here. If you look up that, you can find a video of uh, them preparing the uh, the ham dog, and I'm not going to lie, okay, like. I've had I've actually had like I've seen burger combos. I think um Carl's Jr. has a burger or did a burger that was like um had a hot dog like split on top of it. Like this isn't unheard of. I know I'm mm-hmm. sure other places do that. Um but definitely the the bun shape is is newer. And the way that they actually prepare it is um according to this, uh is that the burger is split in half, obviously. So because you gotta allow the hot dog to be placed in between. Right. So they split the burger in half, the hot dog then sits in between it, and then the bun is, you know, you fill it with lettuce, tomato, pickles, cheese, mustard. And then this was interesting, though, and this maybe this is an Australian thing, tomato sauce, which I thought hmm. a little bit not something that we in the U.S. Is that is that maybe do. just like – is that is that just ketchup? The, like, that must that, be ketchup, right? It's got to just be like a, a name for ketchup or like okay. whatever the local ketchup type okay, thing is. Okay, fair enough. Because when I think of tomato, I think in the – we think of – yeah. yeah. No, pasta. I, it's got it's got to be ketchup. Okay, so we're gonna say ketchup, and then obviously mayo. And then when I saw the mayo, that brought me to this question: Do you do mayo on your burgers? Hundred percent. Absolutely. I, I'll okay. take mayo on a burger over ketchup if I had to choose. I totally agree. I'm in the same boat. I know a lot, that'll probably make a lot of people who listen to this cast upset because I I'm think a, mayo is a very divisive topic. People mayo mayo on a burger is like that is required. I agree. I, I think I'm, any I'm any burger that by default comes with mustard. Instead of mayo, like you're, it's a non-starter for me. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Good. I'm glad that we're on the same page. That would have gotten real little awkward with the intimate <laughs> cast if you were against mayo, because I'm a huge proponent. No, no, I'm, yeah, me and mayo get along well on burgers, <laughs> especially though. Like the, the burgers, uh, I think there are a lot of interesting like special sauces that are mayonnaise based that yeah. like burger places. Oh, will absolutely. Do. And so yeah, no, I love I love all of that. Exactly. I was actually uh, wondering before I read the article when you just look at the picture, I was yeah. thinking how do you like how do you get the how do you make it not pop up in the middle because you have the the hot dog and the burger patty, yep. but I guess you cut it in half. And so I feel like it's it probably is pretty labor intensive to make one of these cuz you have to like, yeah, you they, have to have a patty thick enough to make sure that it doesn't like sag in the middle and all that. It's it seems like exactly. it's probably pretty uh a pretty in-depth process. No, it does. Yeah, he was saying that because they're they're basically they're all constructed and made. There's they haven't really automated the process yet or found an easier way to do it. But um, I mean, I would definitely. I mean, if I was at a fair, I would I would absolutely try this. Right? I oh, mean, 100%. You, yeah, yeah. I think it looks uh, it looks. I mean, it looks really good. It looks like something that uh, that I would absolutely try as a novelty. But also, 
I like hot dogs and burgers. And yeah. so, and, and also this actually looks pretty easy to eat in terms of like holding it. It would be pretty easy to eat it as a burger yeah. or like whether you want to eat the hot dog side first or the burger side right. first. It's like, it, it's a food that would work well in your hands. So I think he's onto something. I think the only risk he has yeah. is that I bet it's hard to patent the design of a bun. <laughs> I <And> love so... <laughs> yeah. the image, the patent image that they put on. It's <laughs> hilarious. I don't... Oh, man. Yeah, I wish, again, where this is audio, so you can't see it, but uh, the patent image is pretty hilarious. I, I, Yeah, I think it's a good idea, and I think it could totally, uh, I don't know. Like, there's been crazy, I mean, there's worse, there's been crazier and more bizarre food trends than this that, that have taken off, so. Oh, yeah. Um, you know. I don't even if, think this is really, like, that crazy. It's just, no, it's, it's like a, it's, it's like a pretty smart way to combine the two things, and like you said, there have been this is not this is not like a completely novel idea because other burger places have done like where they'll split the hot dog in half and like put it on top of exactly. the burger and stuff. So like this, you know, people have done sort of like hot dog uh hot dog mixed burgers, but this is like actually sort of combining the two. It's not like you're not favoring one over the other. It is legitimately both items combined in basically the like the best way possible. Absolutely. So the question remains, Brandon. Now that <laughs> is the ham dog a sandwich? Mm, I think that. I mean, that's that's tough. I think. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I think yes. I, I think actually. I think, it, I think. I think yes. Even more mm-hmm. so than like a hot dog being a sandwich, which is absolutely, which absolutely. is is debatable in large part because the, of the fact that the bread is connected at the bottom. Where exactly. here, this is a clear. I'm, to be, and, and to clarify, I mean, it's possible that the other side of this picture is connected bread, but that would be wild, and I'm yeah. guessing it's not. So because no, this not. is like two, this is two distinct pieces of of bun, and so I think we, I, I think this would definitely be considered a type of sandwich. Absolutely, no, I agree. I think it's definitely a sandwich. There is a clear, there is clear separation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you watch the video, the way that they're preparing it, yeah. Okay, so, okay, yeah. I haven't watched the video. Yep. I've just seen the picture. Yeah. So. Approved, approved sandwich. Go get your ham dog if you're in. Yeah, uh, needs to bring Aust- it to America. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Western Australia. So I'm down. I, you know what? I think you're gonna. I think what, what's gonna happen is, you know, once once news of this spreads, right, you're gonna have a lot of imitators or copycats making the non-official ham dog. You know. Oh yeah. Maybe he owns the right to ham dog, but you know, oh, I this, can see this the guy better. Also this guy better lawyer up. People are gonna take this idea <laughs> immediately. Exactly. And then it, pretty soon, I, in about a month, Brandon, you're going to see a, a, a shop open up in America and it's going to say the uh, the original ham dog. <laughs> so oh, I know. Steal it. I know. Like, it I'm going to know they're I'm going to know they're stealing it. But like selfishly, I want that to happen still. Like I want yeah, someone to I take know. that risk to bring the ham dog to the masses in America. Absolutely. Bring it over. I, I want I want to try a ham dog. So, <laughs> all right. Great start, though. Great start uh, to the new section. Uh, the second uh, story gets away a little bit from food, um, but actually not all that much because, you know, Brandon, everybody wants a piece of the pie, don't they? When it comes to uh, everybody, when wants, it comes everybody to, wants that cheddar. Everybody wants that cheddar, which uh, coincidentally could probably be delicious on a ham dog as That's well. But true. we're we're talking about uh, we're talking about riots. And League of Legends, and there has been a lot. I don't even follow League uh, as far as competitively very closely anymore. But I mean, I, I like follow this it. Sort of the, this news kind of made waves even outside yes. of like the hardcore League of Legends scene because uh, it because it's been kind of a you know pretty pretty 
uh, overarching topic, I think, in esports about the different ways that games are managed. And exactly. so we've talked about Valve and their kind of stance on how they manage uh, their games like Dota and Counter-Strike. Uh, and that contrasts very heavily with the way that uh, that league and riot uh, that riot runs their esports scene, and so uh, so they they've taken some steps this week um, to make some changes to that. And I think these these changes I think will have a pretty big impact. Like this is just the announcement of some things that are going to happen, but yeah. I think this will fundamentally change a lot of the way that like their their structure operates. Yeah. So the big thing, I mean, I know as far as like over the last month or maybe yeah, month and a half or so, I know. Uh, Reggie uh, from t- who, who runs the TSM organization uh, and there's been a lot of other team owners who basically just expressed like Riot makes it very difficult according to them to to not only be like a profitable organization in the esport but they also like as far as like the revenue streams and, and ability to have sponsors and stuff all that stuff has been super locked down by mm-hmm. Riot and you know they basically I know there was an open letter sent to, sent to Riot signed by uh, a bunch of uh T- uh, like team owners and stuff like that and um there you know there was basically a situation where it's like they were basically saying that riot needs to abs- absolutely act and they have come back with some pretty i think uh, a lot of the stuff that's here is pretty strong now a lot of the stuff isn't going to be enacted right away i think up to 2018 like yeah. there's going to be changes in, in 2017 for sure with a lot of the stuff but i think they're it's like a two or three year plan but some of the stuff some of the points of the letter actually stuck out to me as like I don't know, but like, uh, like just like holy shit, this hasn't, this wasn't even like. I'll give an example. Okay, so twenty five percent of revenue received from skin sales from the winning team of Worlds will be shared with the players, team, and league. Mm-hmm. And and I look at that and I go, so you're telling me that the team that actually won Worlds, I I, I don't know what the split was before. Maybe maybe it was. I'm assuming if there was some kind of split for the team skins it was less than 25%. Yeah. But that seems like I was just like holy shit like I, <laughs> that's pretty crazy to me that that's like a big step forward that like the team that actually wins the world championship of League of Legends is going to get 25% revenue of the skins. You know, like that's like it just seems like um and I I mean it's good and it's and it's progress and it's forward but I guess maybe it kind of it struck a chord with me as far as like wow this stuff has really been locked down like Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Like that yeah, doesn't seem some, like some very these, much at all. Some of these very much is... feel like uh, like league catching up with yeah other other games. I mean, other games that aren't even necessarily as established. I mean, like Smite, for instance, has has been like made a really big splash sure. in their prize yeah. pools mainly through crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. And when you look at some of this, and you're just you think like, wait a minute, they weren't already <laughs> doing this. Like it does yeah. feel like they're they're very much trying to catch up in a hurry. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, the conversation around Valve and, like, the International, for instance, sometimes the conversation will come up that, like, Valve, Valve is almost greedy because they make so much money off of it. They're right. only sharing, uh, I think it's a quarter, right, of the, um, the mm-hmm. compendium sales for the prize pool. And so they're pocketing 75% of it. And sometimes people are saying, like, that's, that's too much. But then you right. look at a lot of the things that League was doing, and they they were taking like they were sharing zero percent of it. Right. Um, so I, I agree. I think this seems obvious, um, and I think this is definitely a, a good step forward in helping helping uh, kind of show teams that they intend for the the teams to be partners and not right. you know and and not just like basically disposable. Because I feel like that's <laughs> sort of what 
what it felt like for some of these teams is like if they get relegated, yep. then they may just not exist anymore, right? Because like they just live and die yep. by the fact that like if yep. you don't even if you don't get into LCS, they it, you would have to be a really established brand to even live through that until next season when you get your next chance. Exactly. A lot of it, basically, the way that and and people in chat are even saying it. Like a lot of this stuff in in, in this letter is just basic like common sense like you could even look at models right like look at models of like okay like uh non esports stuff like the nfl or whatever else or i'm not saying that these are necessarily you can hold all these up and they work perfectly Mm -hmm. but like a lot of this basic stuff it's like yeah you got to have partners that have permanent stakes like no one's relegate like the browns are fucking terrible every year right they're not (laughs) relegate like they're not relegated and like well you may lose your spot i mean sure it can happen right you can you can Teams can be eventually forced if it's like the NFL can force teams to sell to other cities and stuff if they. But at the end of the day, though, like if there is if there is actual fan base there and there's money coming into the team and they're successful, they're not gonna they're it's, they're gonna allow it, right? right. And, and there's still some you have value to, there. Like there's still, right. there's still it's value. not it's not like that you're gonna take the to to use your example like you're not gonna take the Cleveland Browns out of the NFL and put in right. some brand like brand new franchise. Right. In their place. I mean, I guess, I guess technically that could happen, but that's very unlikely. Uh, where, like, so the, the even even if the Browns like were sort of getting forced to move their team or sell it or something, right. they still the end up. The, you know, they still have to like get bought out. Whereas in in the the League of Legends scene, there are just like new brands that will pop up, and yeah. they'll like all of a sudden they they exist only because they have an LCS spot. Exactly, and so it's a, it is a very weird, uh, like a very weird dynamic to just see brand new names popping up all the time, and yeah. you don't really see that many names that are there year after year, and uh, and so I think that is like da- probably damaging to the long term health of that scene because yeah. if there's a if there's like a year where you know like TSM and Cloud Nine and Team Liquid and like you know the names that people would recognize, sure. but none of those like you know. God forbid, like none of them make it. What is your pro scene now? Like who, you know, who, who is going to show up to your, to your events and things when they don't have any stake in the teams that are playing? Exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot, I mean, there's, so in in regards to the, like to the relegation and and stuff like that, um, basically this, this letter is saying that it's suggesting the eventual end of promotion and relegation stuff, which I think is something that a lot of the people that, uh, you know, run the teams have been like, you know, we like I want we, we want to be invested and be here for the long term and not feel like you're saying, Brandon, like, well, we had a bad season, so we're gone. <laughs> yeah. Like all that work, like we don't like we don't know if we're even going to exist. And then it's like, how do you if, if that's always always your fear? It's like, then how do you even push like again, you could argue like, well, you just got to get the best player. Like it's a dog eat dog world. But mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't really help the brand at the end of the day because it's like, you know, it, that's not going to help if you're trying to sell merch for a dead team, at least in league. And all right. that kind of stuff, and that's also the other thing is like they a lot of the all the other uh, revenue streams have been really locked down, so they're kind of uh, they're adding stuff like team branded in game purchasable content with revenue shared. There's like a lot of stuff in this that I think is really is really good, and for people that um, you know are really into and still follow League of Legends and have seen a lot of these issues, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty solid start. But definitely, it leaves me kind of almost going like I'm just surprised a lot of this stuff wasn't here, and I think what I think a lot of the the reason and a lot of the rage for how rock uh, excuse me lockdown riot is is it was riot was just kind of 
right, is very much in the vein of like we're the biggest game in the world. Mm-hmm. They come to us. We don't come to them. We don't negotiate. I mean, it's the same thing with uh, – this is a separate issue, but how uh, how they pay and treat their casters and how locked down right. of, a, of, a, of a world League of Legends casting is. And, you know, talking about Monty and some of these other people, he had a really good uh, video today or yesterday kind of just talking about the way Riot approaches casting and how, what they expect of you and what they expect you to do and not do. And um, I think that kind of definitely has carried over in how they run the league. It's like we what we say goes. We don't need to be accountable to to anybody, really. Uh, You know, and it's you know, it's good to see maybe a shift in that. Maybe they don't actually think that. But I think uh, regardless of if they think it, it's the PR hits enough that they're going to do something like this now. Where they're like, we have to. It doesn't. I mean, their attitude at, at some point doesn't necessarily matter. What matters is the sustainability of the of the other players in that space. Exactly. And so I think like it's, you know, it, I, th- I think some of it is going to be kind of protective of the fact that they, they are the largest game in the world right now. But I think what, you know, if, if we've learned anything from like esports over the years, it's that, you know, games can rise and fall. And you look at sure. like, I think you've got to if you want if you want your game to last a really long time, you've got to be more forward thinking than like the new games coming up. And I think that's one of the cool things about esports is that it's not, I don't think it's ever really stale. There's always like new games coming out. There's always new scenes that might take off. But when you look at League of Legends as established as it is, um, I think you've got you've to have more infrastructure than is there right now. If you want to yeah. run it like Riot has. Like the other way you can go is you can run it like, you know, like Dota and like CSGO, right? You can be real hands off if you want, but that yeah. sort of suffers from the same problem. Like when you see the yeah. when you see brand new names at the international every year, I mean, like mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't rec- I don't follow Dota super super closely, but obviously, like I follow it probably more than your average person, and like I didn't recognize a good portion of the of the team names at the international. Like that's a problem, mm-hmm. and so I think you you've got to have more if you want to run it like Riot does, where you've got a lot of like really heavy structure, um, but you run everything centrally and you try and make it, you know closer to the NFL type model or NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you've got to have stuff like this in place where if you're doing well, your teams are going to be doing well and they're not risking like dying, right? They're not risking exactly. closing shop just because of like one bad season or, you know, not being good at like doing their own sponsorship sales and things like that. Like if Riot wants to, if Riot wants to have a heavy piece of that, I think they've got to make sure that, they're sharing that revenue when they're doing well. Exactly. Like there's no like I mean there's actually been like I mean this is this is in response to talks of teams like like we don't even know if we can pay the players, right? At the end of the year, half the time or, or the monthly checks. Like and there is no excuse for a team that is in the LCS, right? That is playing uh for a world championship with the amount of money that Riot makes. Like regardless of what you think of the situation, whether you agree with that they keep it more locked down as they have in the past or you think that they should be more open, I mean, we all know the amount of money League of Legends is making. They they make an insane amount of money. So clearly something has to shift if there are organizations. I'm not saying that there's not mismanagement. Like, I understand all of that stuff. But at the core, it's like you can't have teams – you can't have the entire like the entire group of owners being like, guys, you're, you're killing us here. Like, you guys are making so much money and we're – you know, a lot of our orcs are struggling to even, you know, survive. Yeah, um, I mean the owners are obviously the owners are self-interested as well. Sure, absolutely. I think it it is telling when you look at a lot of the 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 dynamics of the League of Legends scene and like 
League of Legends should be the stable one for a lot of these teams. And and from an outsider's perspective, it looks like League of Legends is is sort of some one of the most volatile. Whereas right. like some of the other scenes may feel more volatile, like maybe CSGO, right? There's not quite as much structure. Yeah. But it's not like there aren't as nearly as many question marks. You know, you right. like you, you pick up a team, you have a relative yep. like you have a relatively good understanding of like what the tournament landscape is and all of that. And it doesn't nope. all run through, you know, a central body. No. Nope. Um, and so I think that's like that's the thing is if you want to have total control, I think you've got to be you've got to be more willing to to receive some of the or to to share some of the revenue from you right. know from the skins and all of that. Like basically, you want you want the teams promoting their in-game skins and all that, right? So like it seems like the incentives work out uh, like work out in everyone's favor, as right. as we would say, Scott. It's like they can grow the pie, right? Yeah. Right, exactly, and this—I mean, this is really is uh, look, looking like right relinquishing some control and opening more. Which, again, like you said, we may have more extremes in the Valve side of it, where they're they're even they're even way more hands off than Riot probably will ever end up being, regardless of how many changes happen. But um, yeah, like yeah, it, the system clearly needed to change, so it's it's interesting, and um, I guess we'll see how it goes, and if they if they hold true, I'm sure. And now that they've said all this stuff, you know. By the end of 2018, I'm thinking, you know, the LCS and and stuff is going to look a lot different in the future. Yeah. So, well, and it's the it's the face of a it's the face of a, a maturing, you know, a continually sure. maturing uh, esports scene as it yes. as it you know um, as it pertains to their game. And I think right. that even even though I mean, Riot has League of Legends has been around a while now, right? Yeah. I guess what seven years, uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're, you know, people are still figuring out the dynamics of like, how does this all, how does this all work in the, in the longer term? How do, how do we have like a a more stable financial future, um, Mm -hmm. for the teams for riot themselves? Like, what does all of that look like? And I think right now, even, even though esports continues to get more mature, that's still very wild west. Like there's no guarantee, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are just running with probably, they might have some money in the bank, but like they're not necessarily uh, running like a business, right? They may not have like proper payroll. It may be players getting yeah. paid, you know, paid via PayPal <laughs> every yeah. two weeks I mean, or something. Yeah. Like who yeah. knows? And I think for the for for the esports scene to continue becoming more professional, like these are the kinds of things that these are the kind of conversations that will have to happen with the the publishers, the big players in that you know in that scene. Yep. Yeah, so um, we'll be interested to to see how that goes in the future. Um, man, some some league talk, man. I didn't think we'd be. I mean, again, it's yeah. all depending on what happens in the week, but it feels uh, <laughs> that's, feels that's more feels league talk than we've had in in probably uh, six months. months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, um, this next article uh, is interesting. This happened, uh, I think, towards the end of last week, but. It's interesting for kind of the precedent it sets. Not necessarily the precedent, but maybe a reminder of how powerful and strong and basically the end-all, be-all Valve is when it comes to digital distribution of stuff. So Steam has pulled all of Digital Homicide's games uh, from the Steam library. And Digital Homicide is kind of infamous for uh, creating garbage that has been well maligned by many different people on the internet uh, basically, I think there's about 20 games that Digital Homicide has put out uh, in like, I don't know, it's close to like a game a month, I think, since they've existed. And I think it's basically just one guy 
behind the scenes doing it. And uh, Digital Homicide has sued 100 users uh, in the community, uh, the Steam community, for $18 million dollars. Uh, directly trying to basically go after people that they felt were following them around and giving them, uh, I don't know, just false reviews for their great product. And, um, yeah, you heard that right. It's trying to sue 100 users for $18 million. Uh, so Jim Sterling, he's kind of – he has, a, I think, a bunch of videos on, on digital homicide games. And uh, so they also sued him back in the day. Uh, this was in March – they sued him for $15 million for slander, I believe. Uh, libel, slander, and assault. Oh, I'm sorry. Assault was on there, cool. too, which is pretty crazy. That's a spicy one. Um, that's a very spicy one. I don't know how they got assault in there. But um, this was from uh, this is from the Digital Homicide landing page. So, okay, so I, I guess I should back up a little bit. So as far as the $18 million lawsuit, um, so basically James uh, Rowe is it? Romine, yeah, James Romine, who's Digital Homicide's co-founder. Uh, and again, I don't know how many people work on these games. Judging from what I've seen from the gameplay and the reviews, not like it looks like a one or two man show. And he wants eighteen million dollars compens- as compensation for personal injury, uh, according to documents that were uploaded uh, by a YouTuber. The anonymous user getting the anonymous users getting sued have used handles such as Tune, Vlux, Nathos, John, just some people on you know. You know, just the Steam review uh, grind. Like not, it's it's not like they're well known names or something. No, just like no, yeah, yeah. They're just they're just, Steam, normal they're just people. like normal Steam users. Normal people. Or I mean, and we, so well, and yeah. we don't know. Maybe they. I mean, maybe some of these people left like really nasty reviews or something. But that's that's not really the point. The point is like suing suing a hundred people. Uh, like who 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 does that help? Like why does. I, <laughs> It doesn't. So he clarifies a little bit. We'll, we'll get to that. But um, some, uh, sorry, Mike in chat is telling me that they got assault uh, by claiming Sterling sent his viewers to go after that. Okay. Uh. So he was, yeah, it's a call to arms, I guess. He, he must have made one of his videos. So, okay, that's interesting. That's how they were trying to claim that. Um, so basically, it, he claims that you, these users have repeatedly attacked him for up to 21 months and have amassed a total of 20,000 postings on Steam, YouTube, and social media portals such as Reddit. So, um, so basically, he is trying to get Valve to guess, basically give him the true identity of these anonymous Steam users uh, so that you know the lawsuit can move forward. He wants to basically take the mask off of these horrible people who have been leaving you know less than stellar reviews on his work, and he wants to unmask them. So... You know what Valve decided to do? Valve goes, um, you know what? We're just going to pull all of uh, di- the digital homicide games off of Steam, and uh, that's what they did. And they had a they had a nice the, a nice quote. The quote real, was real succinct. Good. Yeah. Valve has stopped doing business with Digital Homicide for being hostile to Steam customers. Exactly. Exactly. So, Val, Valve giveth and Valve taketh away. Yep, that was it. A very short sent, short but sweet sentence. Uh, basically being hostile to Steam customers, you're done. So Valve pulls out, or <laughs> they pulled out of Digital Homicide, and Digital Homicide wants Valve to be put back into them. And I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, Romine basically said, and this is I'm going to read his quote because this is interesting. From his perspective... By removing us, they have taken the stance that users have the right to harass me, 
tell me I should kill myself and insult my family. <laughs> I'm not even going to address that yet. If I try to defend myself against set actions, then I lose my family's income. If it wasn't for two years of experience of dealing with steam on a regular basis, this disgusting stance would seem shocking to me. The only thing that prevented me from seeking legal counsel for the long-listed breach of contracts, I guess in reference to Valve, interference with business, antitrust issues, blah, 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 has been his fear of losing his family's income. And so he says, since everything's been taken away, now he's seeking legal representation now that uh, the, uh, you know, he's, been pulled, uh, he's been pulled off of steam. So, it, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, again, I... The, the I guess the issue that I have with this is is twofold. The first issue that I have is he's a perfect example. You know, the games by all accounts that uh, Romine has made are horrible garbage cash grabs with you know zero effort. Can we? Um, can we? Can we? I want to. I I I absolutely want you to finish your point, but I can't yes. get over the fact that that we are we are sitting here talking yes. about someone. Whose company's name is Digital <laughs> Homicide? It's a great point. <laughs> but he, but he wants to like, he wants to claim that he is that he's like offended to the point that he needs to file a lawsuit over the fact that people are telling him he should kill himself on the internet. Now, I'm exactly. not going to, I'm not going to defend someone, sure. you know, spewing garbage on the internet. Like, I think that's awful, right? I don't think that's right, but I also don't think that you have like much of a leg to stand on when your like your games <laughs> your your studio's name is digital homicide your yeah, games no. like i'm i i'm judging based on some of the names of these games there's probably like some violence and stuff like yeah oh there is i can't i can't comprehend <laughs> the state of mind you have to be in to be like i mean he has a game called the slaughtering grounds by the way just in case <laughs> it's it's to help pull further your point if you need oh any. yeah i'm sure that one's probably rated rated e any more info, but but I'm sorry. Yeah. Please, please continue. I just had to. I, I that was really bugging me. Um, can I just also some of his other titles? Uh, Winged Knights Penetration. <laughs> it's mm. incredible. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Uh, anyway, uh, but so I guess the issue. Um, I mean, and Valve can absolutely do anything that that they want, and I think I think Digital Homicide is a perfect example of. Somebody, uh, somebody that makes absolute garbage, crying about the fact that he makes absolute garbage. Like, there's just so much. There's just so much um, entitlement in in, in the, the every way this guy acts. That you know, it's like it's whatever. Like, good riddance. Get him off his of steam. The guy's clearly like has got his own. He's got his own men- mental issues to deal with. You know what I mean? Like, cl- there's stuff going beyond the fact that he makes yeah. garbage. You know, he's just trying to make a quick buck, regardless. Uh, well, and like, but, and I think there's probably the the unfortunate part here is like there's probably some validity to what he's talking about. Is like it's you know it's not okay to just to write like harassing things online and make someone feel like you know that they've got to do this right, like that a developer is being harassed to the point that he feels like he's got to file a lawsuit. But like you've got to you've got to like weigh the situation and yeah. and understand that. That's probably something you're gonna to have to deal with. Not that it's it's not that it's right, but it's like something you're going to encounter when right. you're creating a product, you know, that lives online. Like that just it's yeah. the way things Part are. Of the yeah. And so like there's probably a way that he could have approached this that is like, look, Valve needs to take a harder line stance on, you know, harassment, right, on their platform. Sure. Like why why is someone allowed to say like 
you know, you should kill yourself in a Steam review or something like that. That's right. a, that's a potentially valid point. Sure. But then, like going this route, I think loses you know, it's like it loses you any advocates you might have had yeah. no. because you're just you're like suing people. Um, and and like Valve, like why would Valve continue doing business with you? Why I'm you know I'm glad that like they can basically say, look, you're gonna make you're gonna make everyone's life difficult. Like you're gonna yep. you're gonna file a lawsuit about this stuff <laughs> instead of have a conversation. Then we're done with you. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this before the cast, Scott. But like, what yep. is his end game here? Because now that Valve has removed his games, like Valve at this point, you know they've they've got a lock on <laughs> the market his games are being sold in. Exactly. So like, what do you do? If he was concerned about his family's income, like losing his family's income, well, that ship has sailed. Yeah. So, like, who, yeah. how do you end up better off than he started? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't at all. And this is this is where we get into the to the absolutely just like crybaby kind of just like this guy's just clearly not dealing in reality, or he's just so arrogant that he thinks that he's going to have any chance, or he thinks that really like he he has a point. And you're absolutely right. If he had been more tempered, if he had been like, listen, like. I just want to raise a greater point like, OK, you cannot like my product, but you can't tell me to kill myself or, you know, whatever. Like that's I, I think people probably would have been like, OK, like There's we can at least listen way to this. To bring, like, There's to a bring tactful a way. Like but that. this guy, yeah, doesn't really have clearly doesn't have any tact. And um, but it, but OK, so the the second part is, is what we were talking about in the pre-show where it's just like. Uh, but on the side of like, OK, so this is an example of a guy. And I think most people say this is warranted. Get, get off the platform like we don't care. But like how about in a situation where we're talking about, like you said, Valve controls the market here. And, you know, whenever you have this much power and, you know, I'm I'm I wouldn't be shocked at all. And I know from people that that have dealt with Valve in the past when it comes to publishing and trying to get their games and stuff like that. Like it's it's just it's a hot mess. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. As far as like when it comes to the Steam sale and being told like, hey, yeah, your game will be on the front page. Like I've, I've talked to a lot of developers and stuff or people and just friends who have been like, yeah, it, it can be an absolute shit show just because of how, you know, it's just it's just not very well organized and stuff. So I'm sure that he had actually legitimate grievances uh, with Valve and it kind of raises a bigger question, right? Like, so what if he was somebody that actually, you know, what if he's somebody that made a good product that was making a good point, but then Valve, you know, it's, it's not the situation in this case, but Valve was just like, well, yep. It's just that I guess it's a reminder that Valve has the ability to do this, right? Like they have almost absolute power to kind of just be like totally get rid of somebody's income, totally erase somebody's game library on Steam. And obviously they have the power to do that. But with power comes the uh, opportunity for abuse. And this is not a case of that, I don't think, by any means. But yeah, and I think it's the ecosystem is different than it used to be when. You know, when, What's when Steam first started out, like, off your next obviously people started out, people were like, oh, we don't want to ever get rid of my hard copies of games. And now it's kind of evolved to the point where it's just like, if it's not on Steam, I'm not even going to get it, right? And so it's 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 a lot different now. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. So sorry to audio listeners. I think I had a pop-up or something um, that interrupted the audio. But uh, no, I think I think that's a that's a valid point that you bring up. Like the fact that, the fact that Valve controls, you know, a lot of people's livelihoods, um, <laughs> you know, people people going wild in the chat. I, I oh, sorry, was there a, was it an ad for uh, for something? Okay, it's uh, man, the internet is a wild place. It's uh, it's rough doing a live show. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, you know, like there there is there is 
an alternate way that like let's say let's say that someone regardless of the quality of their game let's say that they're getting <laughs> harassed by you know right. let's say like one two three people like a you know small dedicated harassment which is illegal right like if they were to if they were to file a lawsuit against a handful of people right way more targeted than this yep. right filing yep. a lawsuit against 100 people it's like come on really yep. but filing a lawsuit against a small number of people and they they needed to uh get discovery from valve to find their their actual um identity would valve still do the same thing like just because you know you're making our, you're making our lives difficult so we're going to remove your product from steam even if they have you know a valid a valid point a valid case sure um and i, I don't know the answer to that like cuz yeah. i'm sure they probably have plausible deniability to pull products off of their store for pretty much any reason they want and so i think that's a that's a valid concern is like even if you're not breaking any of the rules it reminds you that valve can you know valve can take any action they want and if there's something you're doing that is inconvenient to them they might you know like they always have that power so that is kind of a scary reminder and i think you're right that like they've valve has to wield that power responsibly um, but also like they have the power to just like, you know, take away your livelihood overnight. Yep, exactly. So sorry for all you guys that are huge fans of digital homicide, but you're going to have to get your fix, uh, not on steam, uh, anymore. So I wonder what happens if, so if it gets pulled, if it was in your library still, I guess you still have, like, how does that work when they pull a title? Like, I, does, I believe assuming, assuming, assuming it's the way that other games have, right. is it's, it's just pulled in your from library being, forever. it's pulled from being on sale. The store, sure. But if you yeah, have okay. it in your library, you still have access to it. If you It'd be so it. BM if they actually pull it from your library too, and then just issue a refund for everybody <laughs> that bought it. That's, uh, I think, I think that gets a little dicier. No, that would get dicier. Yeah, no, I don't think they would do that, but, um, all right, Brett, I'm going to let you start off with this next one because I don't know how – I'm wondering how you're emotionally feeling about this next uh, story. Yeah, well, so we've got two little pieces of Blizzard news here. But this first one is kind of uh, – it's like a nostalgic piece of news because um, nothing. it's like not actually important in the grand scheme of things. But it's like it feels important because it's a, it's like a significant, uh, significant change that's not actually significant. But uh, Battle.net – which is the online service that Blizzard has run since you know since they started an online game, uh, debuted in 1996, so 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so Battle.net, you know, has been has been what people associated with Blizzard for a long time. Like Blizzard Online, everyone knows Battle.net. Like those two brands are are everyone knows what Battle.net is. Um, but basically, Blizzard uh, put out a, a little quick announcement. That basically said they're getting rid of the Battle.net name um, because they they created Battle.net in a time where you had to like online gaming and an online game service was kind of a novel thing. So they wanted to be more clear about what it was. But now that that's kind of like the status quo, you know, there people are very familiar with online services. Um, they're just rolling Battle.net into like the overall Blizzard brand i don't even know if it's actually gonna have a name like the name is like blizzard tech but basically like the client and whatnot i'm guessing is just gonna be called like blizzard like the blizzard client or blizzard services something like that so they're basically just combining they're they're phasing out the battle.net branding and um you know it's like i guess it's not it doesn't really matter right nothing really changes um aside from maybe a logo or Mm -hmm. you know a url a domain name is different 
but I think it's a it's like a change. It feels like a, a significant change because Battle.net reminds you, like, if you were around in the early days of gaming, like, Battle.net is that constant in your life that uh, reminds you of, like, the old-school Diablo and old-school StarCraft um, and that, those early days of matchmaking. Um, but that's that's kind of going away. So now it's all just going to be Blizzard, no more Battle.net. Yeah, and, uh, you know it's kind of oh, it's kind of sad to see a to see a brand name like that go, but I can kind of see their point that uh, BattleNet is kind of redundant with you know basically Blizzard's online services. Like they're just keeping another name around that right. maybe does confuse new customers. Like I, you know, I don't know. I've been a gamer for so long that it's hard for me to be in the shoes of someone who doesn't know what BattleNet is or what Blizzard yeah, is. Yeah, same. Yeah, so same. Um, so you know, I kind of I kind of get it, but it. Uh, you know, Battle.net's been around for so long that it's, it's, uh, I'm surprised that they didn't want to keep it around, you know, because it is, frankly, like Battle.net is a well-established name unto itself. Like yeah. people know yeah. what Battle.net is. So it's, uh, but I guess they want to, they want to roll that all in and, and just bring it under the Blizzard banner. So it's kind of a sad day. Yeah. Um, Going away. But speaking of, uh, of nostalgia, uh, and this is kind of, you know, we don't normally hit on like rumors and stuff because there's so <laughs> many of those floating around that it's normally not worth talking about. But uh, this one kind of piqued my interest just because it's like, it feels like one of those rumors that's like getting denied, but like could still be real. Um, so <laughs> there, a website popped up this past week uh, called Diablo2HD.com. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, like as the internet does, uh, they see a domain name that looks official and something that doesn't look like it was thrown together in MS Paint, and they're like, "Whoa, is this a you know what's the what's this announcement? Is this real?" Um, and so Blizzard has come out and said that it's not it's not real. Uh, yeah. But I think it's funny. It's funny because like uh, everyone, I think, is wondering what you know the big announcements are going to be at BlizzCon, which is only a little over a month away, and uh, and there's been like some some talk of like a Diablo 2 HD version, like a remastered Diablo 2. Um, and so I think that sort of played into people wanting to believe this was real. Um, so, we'll, you know, we'll have to see at BlizzCon, but it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of interesting that uh, Blizzard actually had to come out and say it was fake. Yeah, actually and I wonder, like It's, it's, it's one of those things go. where you wonder if obviously they would say it's fake, even if it's real, <laughs> like obviously they'd say it's fake. Or mm. it actually is fake, and like they're actually really having to deal with like a pretty big crisis of right. like something that looks official, and then whatever they might, if they're announcing something around Diablo, like does this mess up their plans and stuff? Um, but I think a Diablo two, you know, HD version would be pretty cool. I I've never actually played much Diablo two, so I would be like I would potentially be willing to play a game like that, like get to kind of experience that old school Diablo feel. But with new textures remastered, and stuff. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't, cool. I don't really have any desire to play old ass Diablo two. Mm. Um, but I would definitely play the old mechanics with a new, you know, a new coat of paint. Like I think a right. lot of people, uh, a lot of people would be into that. So I don't know. Did you play Diablo two much, Scott? I didn't play it. No, I didn't play it all that much. No, not near as hardcore as like I played it a little bit. I played it casually, uh, but I never played it like uh, no. It was not. It was never a level like you played Diablo 2. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, but I would be down. I would be absolutely down to play a remaster as well. Like it, it's it's 
it's one of those things that I mean, I feel like it, it, it's going I don't want to say like it's 100 percent, but it seems like an easy not necessarily even just cash grab, but people want it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it just seems I mean, like I such an easy thing for them to do. Yeah. Something like that actually doesn't it doesn't feel like much of a cash grab to me just because I think Blizzard has a pretty good track record of not doing cash grabby stuff like that. Like yeah. if they were going to do a Diablo 2 HD, you would you would have to imagine they'd actually put a lot of time into it. Um, so I think that's where like Blizzard's reputation comes into play. And I would say I, I would trust them to do a remaster way more faithfully than I'd trust other companies to. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, good but point. yeah, nothing much there. Uh, it does, you know, the Diablo team has hinted that there will be some sort of announcement at BlizzCon. So, you know, who knows what that is? Blizzard is saying this is fake. Um, but maybe, you know, it's possible that like the truth lies somewhere between this website and reality. Right. Right. Um, just because the website's fake and could have nothing to do with Blizzard also doesn't, you know, it could also logic, just be lot. a really good guess at something they exactly. are kind of doing, but it's not actually exactly. their site. So, right. like, we won't really so. know until BlizzCon, but, uh, it, you know, it is exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to think about those types of things. And, uh, you know, we will have our answer in, in like six weeks or so. Yeah. Uh, so we have we have a few quick hits here. Um, actually, the, this first one I I really only put here because uh, mm. I'm reminded of uh, Orcs Must Die. So Orcs Must mm. Die is like one of the I think one of the coolest games that a lot of people don't know about or have never played, but is actually one of my favorite. It's just like one of my favorite games to play with someone else. Yeah, um, it's like a co-op series, and they have a new game called Orcs Must Die Unchained that I've. It's like not out yet, but I think it's an open beta. Um, mm. I've played it at a convention or two and it was pretty cool, but they were focusing on this PVP mode and my thought was like, you know, okay, I guess I'll see how that pans out, but that's not, you know, it's not really what anyone knows Orcs Must Die for. Um, but it, it sounds like this past week they decided to ax their PVP mode, uh, which is a pretty big change because that sort of seemed like the direction they were trending the game in was to be more of a PVP style game. Um, and they just straight up are getting rid of it. <laughs> Uh, pretty yeah. much because people don't yeah, well. play it, according to them. Um, a very small percentage of their players um, have been playing that, that mode, and it's kind of one of those things where you have to decide, do you want to support uh, a game mode? And, you know, we've talked about this in varying yeah. varying ways before, where, like, you know, when you have, let's take, we've, we've talked about Call of Duty already, like, you have a game like Call of Duty where you have multiple game modes, um, and after a few months, some of those game modes are just dead, and that's yeah. a really bad experience, like especially if you're the person that likes that game mode, like you feel that much worse because now you don't have anyone to play with. Um, and so it sounds like they kind of came came to this this point in the road where they had to decide: do we want to keep uh, pouring development resources into this mode that people aren't playing? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they made the tough call to, I guess, kind of stick to the roots of Orcs Must Die and just focus on that co-op experience instead of PvP. So yeah, that's got to be rough that was for like, yeah, yeah, it's, it is interesting. It's rough because, I mean, you can imagine like they use the word tremendous effort <laughs> to talk yeah. about how many times they've tweaked this thing and tried to get it to, to work out. And, you know, it's also also kudos to not like grind, like just spending their wheels for even longer, you know, because you're saying that they're reaching a, a turning point where they're like, we, we've got to decide where to go. And so they also it was interesting, too. They said that basically people who played the siege match PVP stuff were basically <laughs> less likely to continue playing the game at all after their match like they would play one match and then they would yeah. stop which yeah, is it not like they used they want. used the data that they were getting to yeah. basically say like not only are not that many people playing but it's yeah, like people leaving. it's like people are leaving the game 
um, in, in higher numbers than they are with our co-op experience. So, yeah, I mean, a, a part of me definitely respects the decision to hone in on, you know, what people seem to come to that game for. And, you know, honestly, like, I think that may be the right call. Like, that's why I love Orcs Must Die. I don't need it to be a great PvP game. I need it to be a great co-op game because that's what I like. That's what I want out of Orcs Must Die. Um, so yeah, here's hoping that uh, you know you. Th- it seems like this is a, an open beta where they're actually still learning things. Like how often, yeah. Scott, do you see an open beta in this day and age that right. acts as a game mode? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I I know. I know. So oh. yeah, I guess props to them for making what had to be a pretty tough decision. Yeah. Um, yes. Let's see. You want to take this one, Scott? Yeah, I'll take uh, this one. I added Soma this news. one. Yeah. So I, I've I talked about Soma as being one, honestly, one of my favorite experiences, or if not my favorite experience, last year. And we actually, this is kind of coming full circle because when I had talked about, I had played Soma. Uh, I think it was maybe a week or two after that. They were looking at the sales, uh, frictional games, uh, and they were really kind of disappointed. And they kind of had an open letter about. Uh, the fact that, you know, the game wasn't selling as well as they hoped it would. Uh, the game, you know, Soma ended up costing uh, 10 times more to develop than Amnesia cost them. It was a huge risk. It was a different tone. Um, and I think at the time uh, they had maybe sold like it was, I think it was like 197,000 copies or something like that. And they they just had expected the pace to be way faster. Well, so fast forward to um, much uh, more recently, the 23rd of September, actually. Uh, so what was that? That was Friday. Uh, it turns out that Soma has now sold over 450,000 copies and, uh, they've made their money back and then some now, uh, finally. And I, I kind of like, this is really what I was hoping would happen. And, and the reason for this is because of, uh, the humble bundle, uh, humble, humble monthly bundles. Um, and then they had a bunch of sales also in the PlayStation store. So more people were kind of you know, it was getting in front of people and it was a price point that I guess more people wanted to uh, to get the game at. I think it was I want to say it was only I think it was a thirty dollar game uh, originally. I'm not 100 percent. Maybe it was 30 or 40 bucks. Either way, I know it wasn't a 60 dollar f- uh, full release game. I'm pretty sure. And anyway, I, th- I thought it was incredible. Like Soma is an incredible experience uh, experience. So if you haven't played it yet, um, absolutely play it. And um, I don't know, just kind of good news, I guess, uh, because um, it's 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 a game that kind of deserved more. I feel like acclaim and notoriety than it got. So uh, cool. yeah, it's so cool $30. to see that uh, it's cool to see that something like the the humble bundle and sales on the PlayStation Store things where you think like there's there's all there's still I think even today that argument that like you know I don't want to devalue my IP by putting it in a in a bundle or you know where people can right. buy it for like five or ten dollars with a bunch of other games. But it's cool to see this, which is like a positive spin on that, which is there, you know, there is a surge in sales that can actually push you over the line in terms of like, you know, not basically not meeting your goals versus being profitable. Right. And, um, and exactly. even, even when people are, you know, people are buying it in, uh, in a smaller, like smaller amounts, the fact that you're making more revenue than you would have made before may end up being the most important thing. So it's, it's, uh. It's nice to see that they followed up on like on this story because I remember we had talked about yeah. this uh, yeah. when they you know that like a, a really good game still hadn't like met its goals right. and we had talked about like how that's I mean it's a it's a challenge like there's a ton of games out there and even a good game like is yeah. no is no sure bet 
Um, yep. But it's nice to see that you know even even a game like that that doesn't necessarily seem to be on a trajectory that's going to be successful. Um, like I think even even games never know you never know when games going to have new life breathed into it. And like the humble bundle, Steam sale, PlayStation sale, stuff like that. Um, I think helps keep those games relevant. And like you said, I haven't played Soma. Like if I saw yeah. Soma yeah. in a in a humble bundle or something, I'd almost certainly pick it up. Yeah. Because yeah. I've heard good things about it. Um, but like I just missed it when it was brand new, and you know I'll happily pick it up for, you know, for a, a heavy discount. But um, you know, but I'm not necessarily going to buy it like just on its own for thirty bucks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. No. I, and I get that. And it is. It's kind of like a weird price point. It's not like if also if the only pedigree kind of that you knew is that they did amnesia right you're kind of like and, and a lot of it was the expectations with that game uh, the game is very different than than amnesia it still has elements of that but it's it's much less about that and not that Amnesia didn't have a narrative and stuff like that but this one is just uh i don't know to, to describe it more would be almost be like kind of a, a bioshock and um kind of those kind of games feel than anything that amnesia did so it's a fantastic story and uh, definitely worth playing so awesome news uh, for frictional games really happy to hear it um, and then this final quick hit, Brandon, that we have, we ha- I had to, we had to talk, <laughs> we had to talk about it because we've talked quite a bit about No Man's Sky. Everybody on the internet has talked about No Man's Sky since it's come out, and um, this latest, uh, this latest topic when it comes to No Man's Sky is that um, no more than about a uh, thousand people concurrently on Steam, and this was this was uh, this was on the twenty second uh, that this was actually uh, reported on. Um, no more than a thousand people on Steam at any given time are playing <laughs> No Man's Sky anymore, which is, I mean, I don't think that's uh, what anybody envisioned uh, when you know we heard all of the uh, you know the exciting things that we were going to be able to do and all the planets we were going to be able to visit from Sean Murray and and Hello Games. Um, so a pretty crazy decline. We talked about the player decline in the past, and a lot of people had said, well, I mean, every game has a decline after it first comes out. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but we're talking about a game that I mean, went from two hundred twelve thousand two hundred twelve thousand people at one time playing the game uh, near release to less than a thousand. And to put that in perspective, to, to compare that to other games on Steam, I mean, that have less than a thousand players. Uh, the non-English language Nabunga's ambition Sozu Sengu Risiden <laughs> has more players than uh, than No Man's Sky. Uh, on Steam, which again is just a, is an example of you know a game that doesn't have a very big player base. So, um, it's crazy. I mean, you know what? I have to say, I have to thank Hello Games and No Man's Sky because there is nothing better uh, as just somebody that doesn't have any investment in. Because I was never invested, and we talked about No Man's Sky a lot, and we like we we're just like, there's just no way, there's no way this game lives up to the hype. Regard, even if it's really good, it wouldn't live mm-hmm. up to the hype. And this, we had the privilege of watching this ship crash and burn because it was not only, uh, you know, it's not a, it wasn't a horrible product, but it was nowhere near anything that people expected. It didn't and it was a lot less. Gaming the way it that uh, we were being no. told it would. So, like, it, it's one of those, it, it's one of those things that, uh, I on the outside, I I probably relish a little bit too much, but we all love a, a beautiful train wreck, and I mean, No Man's Sky, as far as recent memory, I can't think of anything that has crashed and burned harder. I mean, well, literally, Sean Murray has been silent on his Twitter since since the game's uh, release, really, back in 
a month ago, uh, from what I understand. I don't think he's really – he's gone silent. I mean, and, and to be honest, I don't blame that's, the man. That's probably the right move. We, we basically gave him that advice. We said, you got to yeah. stop talking because he was yeah. he was digging himself a deeper grave. Um, so he finally stopped talking. But um, – I mean, I think every, you know, every, game, every game is going to have this – this decline happen like that's just the way that's the way these release cycles work right like you probably peak at something that might be 10 20 50 times your normal everyday concurrency going forward but i think the the crazy part of the story here is just that the like no man's sky peaking at over two hundred thousand concurrent players on steam is is just like unheard of for a what is effectively a single player game like single player games just don't ever hit peaks like that that's right. that's that's like the tier where you know CS:GO and Dota live right like even TF2 doesn't normally see numbers like that and that game's free um and and has you know a long storied history so the fact that it like that they started over 212,000 and now that like you just look at that drop off and that drop off is so precipitous a fucking cliff, dude. Just straight down. That's a got. You know what I was just gonna say? Looking at the looking at the graph, that is a sick roller coaster, dude. Somebody should model a roller coaster uh, exactly after the player base uh, of No Man's Sky and and these dates, man, because it's it's incredible. <laughs> it's just. I mean, that like, is some you look serious. At this and I think when when you think about the, I mean, straight. like you said, the games that have a thousand players on Steam, it's. You know, like some of the games in there are pretty obscure. Like you, you would be surprised at the number of games that have a thousand people playing them at any given time, because across Steam's entire user base, you know, a thousand people is not necessarily that much. And uh, and so, man, just the fact that there are like some some really obscure games that beat the concurrency of No Man's Sky, it's like there's, I don't really think there's any way to turn around from that. Even even DLC, like. DLC, yeah. what's what's the best you can hope for? Getting back up to no. like 10k, no. 20k, something like that. Um, yeah. I, I just it makes me think that they will looking at this as much as I don't I, like I don't think No Man's Sky was like intended to be a cash grab or anything. But when you look at the concurrent numbers on this, pretty much what like what I would be seeing if I'm yeah. at Hello Games is we're starting on our other, on our new game because like oh, there's I, no turning I, around from this. No. They have to, they have to walk away. I mean, they really do. They have to walk away from this from this train wreck, which is which is crazy. I mean, they, to think like, about. But the I, nice I, thing is they've financed like their next five games. Sure. So sure. that's good. But uh, but I think they have the 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 problem with them is going to be that they have such a radical expectation set on them for their next game. I I, because, I, like, I wouldn't who, be surprised if we if these if he's Sean we never hear from Sean Murray again. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I mean, I, I that's maybe a little bit strong, but. I mean, I can't, and I also like. I want to. I want to address that a lot of people in chat or be like, he's probably just laughing on his pile of money. And regardless of what you think about the dude, and I, I'm with you too. I don't think it was just a, a cash grab. I mean, expectations, absolutely. He set them too high. He was too vague. But I really think, like, I, I don't think anybody that puts this much time, especially in a small development studio, on making something. And yes, the game was not near uh, what everybody wanted it to be. But the game still functioned. Uh, you know, like it wasn't. As far as like if something's like a true cash grab, when I think of cash grabs, I think of like the shit that we were talking about with um, who was who the uh, uh, fucking the previous story where Steam pulled off all the digital homicide games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I guess it, like it wasn't that level, 
Um, no, I mean, I think so. I, I don't. I don't think a... he's like. I don't think he's relishing be, being the number one villain no, no, when it no, comes I, to game I, development I, on the internet. I'm sure that like they're probably the they're probably the most torn up about this, right? Because like you look at this product you spent years of your life on, and yeah. and like its lasting legacy is not the quality of the game you did build. It's like you know, it's all of this stuff. It's the fact that like it was hyped up and it hit this, these huge numbers, and now no one's playing it. Right and like these 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 articles will stick around on the internet for years, and that probably feels really bad. I think that if anything, he did like Hello Games did too good a job. Like Sean Murray did too good a job selling us on his dream of the game, as opposed to selling us on like the game itself. And um and and so it's like it kind of sucks to see that yeah when you have a game like this that isn't nearly like as expansive as uh, as people were sold then people stop playing it sure like you probably have a lot of people that you know either they finished the game or they just like got bored with it and now they just don't play it and it's just one right. more game sitting in their steam library and uh, you know like that for me like you were saying we just sit here and watch it because like this is why frankly i don't really pre-order games or order yeah. games right when they come yeah. out because yeah. like there's no re what what would I have gotten out of spending sixty dollars on No Man's Sky that I'm not gonna get out of like buying it for five ten bucks a year from now? Sure, yeah, yeah. At that price point, I might even be like, all right, well, it's all dialed down. Let me see exactly. Yeah, ten. If I see this on ten dollars in the Steam sale, because I mean, sure, I've watched it and stuff, but I'm I'm curious enough. I'll be like, yeah, let me actually try it and. I, I don't know, and also I, I don't want to. I, I want to make it clear that I, I I think Sean Murray had uh, plenty of fault in this. Like I, I uh, Chat's talking about it, but I mean, like the the day of release, like his tweets were so like, oh, I can't, I, like I wasn't really leading people. You know what I mean? Like he was trying to feign innocence, and I mean, either he's either he's just straight up dumb in the sense of like he doesn't he didn't realize that all the stuff he he said was, but I mean, it definitely felt like somebody. Not necessarily trying to cover something up, but kind of acting like, oh, I don't really know what I did. And um, but I still don't think that necessarily like sure money, you know, money can make you you so happy, but there's no replacement for your entire reputation being destroyed. I don't care how much money you have. I mean, he's he's essentially right now as far as a par- he's a pariah, right? I would say as far as like if you hear the name Sean Murray, I can't think of a, a person that has been that vilified, and, and for good reason for for a lot for lots of it, but. At the end of the day, I really don't think uh, this is at all. I mean, I'm sure it's not the outcome that he wanted. And I think if he really wanted it to be a crash grab or whatever else and, and all this stuff, well, I think it would have panned out a little bit differently. I mean, it still panned out horribly, but I, I don't. If I, I don't if think I it came offer, from a place of. If I can yeah. offer a metaphor, it would. It feels like uh, you know you have this new company and you walk around saying that like you found a way to cure cancer and like sure, it's gonna sure. be it's gonna be awesome. You know, like think of all the things we could do if cancer's not in our lives, all that. And then like people and people buy in, they buy into your vision. And then you actually release your product and like the product is the ham dog. And and like <laughs> okay. and like the ham dog okay. is like the ham dog is like cool. I I don't like it's not a bad product, but it's like it's not the thing that you were selling me. And right. like right. I kinda I like the ham dog, but that's like a way different thing than curing yes. cancer. So like <laughs> A good, good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you know, right. what? That's that's what it feels like. Is like just. It's not like it's yeah. a bad thing, but it's just a very different thing than than like what you said it was going to be. And also, like, 
it's not nearly as good as what you told me it was supposed to be. So like if if you hadn't had if you hadn't have sold it to me in this way, I'd probably like it. But because you sold it to me in this way, like I can't help but be disappointed because like Hamdog is not the same as curing cancer. Yep. I'm that's, just trying to, uh, I'm trying to make all our topics, you know. No, that's good. That was beautiful. That was a melding of our topics <laughs> with that analogy. That was that was beautiful. Yeah, no, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way of looking at it. So there you go. I mean, and the plus side, though, uh, as far no, as like Hello Games, I brought the ham dog into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what did the ham dog do deserve to be associated with Hello Games? <laughs> Damn, now we're going to get sued. Dude, now it's all coming back, dude. Now we're going to get sued by the creator of the ham dog for slander and libel for attaching it to Hello Games. Oh, boy, oh, dude. God. And then we're going to get removed off of Twitch. That's the risk in doing, of... in doing a live show. Oh, my God, dude. You can't all take the topics. back mistakes like these. All the topics, man. Crazy. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Those uh, those are all the quick hits. And um, we have no Katie Zen to do the new releases this week. But, Brandon, it looks like you've put a couple together here. Yeah, we'll have, to just, uh, we'll have to just soldier on without him. There, there are a few things coming out this week. Um, all on Tuesday, uh, which I guess isn't super surprising. A lot of games come out on Tuesday. But uh, all these games are coming out on September 27th. Uh, the first one is Forza Horizon 3, which uh, I... Like I think most people know as a console game, but it is coming out for PC. And uh, if you find out where you can even buy it, I'd be impressed because I looked for a link for where you could buy this to just see like what it costs and and stuff. Uh, I have no idea where you even purchase this thing. Presumably somewhere deep within the Microsoft Store. Um, so I, I imagine if you're a Forza fan, you'll find you know you'll find out where you can buy it. But uh, but yeah, that whole thing seems like a mess. I think it seemed like I could maybe purchase a PC copy somewhere from Xbox.com, but I like still oh. wasn't sure. Um, yeah, so weird. that that whole thing seems uh, seems awful. Um, yeah. On Tuesday, uh, we I think we talked about this a couple times. Uh, Cluster Truck is a new game coming out from uh, Tiny Build. Well, Tiny Build's publishing it. It's from Landfall Games, um, and it's uh, it's a game where you jump on trucks. And they're going, and you jump on them, and then you get to. Yeah, the we end. talked about we've talked about that before. Yeah, it's uh, they actually we had talked about it when they released like the little demo for free. It was the demo, kind of a funny thing. That's um, right. But actually, then it was like I don't know, a viral marketing campaign for what is a a real game, and that real game is coming out on Tuesday. Uh, so that uh, it's going to be like twelve, but or it's normally fifteen. It's twenty percent off right now if you pre-purchase it. So it seems like it could be okay for a little fifteen-dollar game. Um, the next episode of Hitman, episode five, uh, is coming out, and I I wanted to put this in here because I've actually heard really good things about this like episodic new Hitman. Have you played any of these, Scott? I haven't, and th- that's this is one that this I feels it's right getting, up your alley, honestly. It does. No, absolutely. I need to. That this is this has been a people have asked if I've played the Hitman. I've not played any of the new stuff, but I've just been hearing fantastic things from pretty much everybody uh, about it. So yeah, I, want I you definitely to play, need to I want get in the sandbox. Yeah, I want you to play it's the new Hitman fun. episodes on your stream because I yes. like. I want to see if oh, you I'm, like them. And if you like them, yeah. then I will almost certainly buy it. It's just okay. that like, I haven't played enough old Hitman to be too invested in the new one. But I've just yeah. heard... I've The old Hitman games, I feel like, kind of had mixed reviews for the most part. But this yeah. new Hitman game, like I've heard really good things. I agree. Universally, I've heard from pretty much, yeah, everyone that's played it. I mean, I've watched some of it. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I've heard pretty much only good things. So It feels like a I'm great excited. stream game, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From from the kind of shit that you can get into, just because it's so kind of open 
um, which has always been cool about the Hitman games in general, like the way that you could approach situations. Um, but yeah, even kind of more defined in this. So yeah, um, episode five now. Damn, dude, they're up. Th- yeah, they're, they're up there. Yeah, I feel like that just came out not too long ago. I guess they've been cranking those episodes out. Yeah. Um, and then the last one coming out, uh, FIFA 17. If you like FIFA, I'm guessing you probably already have that date marked on your calendar. <laughs> but but uh, FIFA 17 comes out on the 27th as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, decent decent number of releases. I feel like it sort of continues to ratchet up as we get here toward the end of the year, like toward November. You know, a lot of stuff comes out before Q4. You know, got to get under the tree for those Christmas gifts and, uh, and Black Friday sales. Exactly. Uh, tune into my stream uh, f- uh, Tuesday where I'll be opening up uh, a thousand gold packs trying to get uh, Pepe Le Pew, the new <laughs> soccer star. I, <laughs> I'm just throwing – I have no idea uh, about any of that, but Very I know convincing. you can open packs. I know you can open packs. So I'll see you there for FIFA <laughs> 17, guys. Please help me get a Pepe Le Pew. All right. <laughs> I know a lot about football and soccer. Someone's either going to think that's funny or be really offended. Or be really offended. How dare (laughs) the sanctity of football die, sir. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, So we should hop into uh, the viewer questions here. Um, This first one one, uh, is is, uh, pretty important. I think I'm not sure this is a conversation we've had before. Um but maybe maybe even more it's an even wider audience, but it's only us yeah. two here tonight. So we'll I feel like to... we might have, but it would have been your I, – I feel like we've definitely had this question, but this is a good refresher because uh, it hasn't been for a long time. Yeah, so um, from Brian via email. Uh, thank you for your email, by the way. Uh, yes. He asks, firstly, is ketchup on eggs blasphemous? So I think that's a pretty pointed question. Uh, do you guys partake in ketchup on eggs? And second, how do you like your eggs? Mm. So let's let's tackle the second question. one first because the second one is sure. sort of like a, a you know prerequisite to answering the. I question. totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I I love eggs. I I don't think mm-hmm. there's a way that I don't like eggs. Uh, but I eat, we are on the same page with that. I eat I probably the most scrambled eggs primarily yes. because they're the easiest to cook. Like yes, you literally I don't you can't really screw up scrambled eggs unless you like burn them. Um, right. So I, I eat scrambled eggs the most because they're easy, but I really like, I, I don't know, I like all eggs, like over easy. I, I just, I love all of it. Like eggs, eggs are so delicious. That's actually probably the reason I like breakfast food so much Yeah, is because yep. I love eggs. Like I love omelets. I just, they're so good. Totally agree. You basically said everything that I was going to say. We are, we are one, we're in sync when it comes to the food stuff, man. You like mayo <laughs> on your burger, egg, same way. I, I Love eggs pretty much every way. Uh, scrambled, because it's the easiest, uh, absolutely we'll do ketchup on there, hot sauce um, as well. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I will also say, um, like, yeah, you're not going to put probably ketchup on a fried egg unless you're having like a, a – I will do – I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But if I have like a breakfast sandwich, right, maybe a bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel or even mm-hmm. sausage, then I'll do ketchup on that too sometimes. Really? Maybe that's sacrilege. But yeah, okay. it can go with – it can work with that and the sandwich is like, you know – Obviously, just like a normal sandwich condiment in yeah. that sense because it's a condiment. Yeah, um, I mean, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I yeah, there's absolutely Ketchup on eggs – here's the thing. So it's like two questions. First, I don't think ketchup on eggs is blasphemous because, uh, no. like, that's a, that's a very strong word. Uh, I don't – like, I don't – I would not look down upon anyone putting ketchup on eggs. Uh, I don't personally really put ketchup on eggs uh, unless – 
the only time I probably would is like if if it's like an uh, eggs and hash or something. Okay. Something where there's sure. like some meat involved that uh, yeah. that would benefit from uh, from ketchup. But no, generally, uh, like you were saying, if I'm having eggs, I'll normally do like Cholula or Tabasco or something. I'll I'll put yeah. hot sauce on it. Um, but I don't I don't really put ketchup on eggs. I'm not I'm not opposed to it. Like if you you wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to troll me if you like came up behind me and splattered a bunch of ketchup on the eggs. Like I would I would think that was a weird thing to do, but I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't do it with sandwiches or anything. Like I love egg sandwiches. Egg sandwiches may be mm. actually like my favorite food, like my mm-hmm. favorite food item. Really? You've um, never put ketchup on an egg sandwich? That's interesting. No, Cause no, a lot no, of people I'm, in chat are the same way with me. With ketchup no, I do, I do, I do mayonnaise. So like I will, yes. here's egg sandwich is the time to do like, Oh, you are going to make so many mayonnaise. people in chat mad. You're going to make so mayonnaise for an egg sandwich. So like, that's where I'll do like a nice sriracha mayo. If, Oof. if. Like yes. if I somehow had the skill set to make like a nice aioli of some sort, mm-hmm. like that, I would use that. But yeah, egg sandwiches—that's like that is prime mayo territory. Um, I put like like a kind of spice mix, like salt and spices, uh, mm-hmm. on on it, and uh, like some nice lightly toasted bread, not too crispy, and you drop a you know you drop an egg on there. Oh, it's so good. I, I just eat, I eat I'm those not, all I, the time. I, okay, so where you use mayo, I would probably use more ketchup, but I have had mayo on a on breakfast sandwich absolutely as well. There was actually used to be a little cafe with uh, that we used to used to be right near uh, the Machinima offices when I lived in LA. And they would they had a crazy good uh, this sounds kinda of weird, but so turkey, they would have like really uh, fresh carved turkey. I would get turkey um, carved with um, egg, fried egg, um, spinach mayo and bacon on a bagel holy huh. mother oh wow. it was incredible and you wouldn't think necessarily turkey with egg that feels but like it works actually on a bagel it, w- it was a lot it was a lot but dude it was incredible and i also and so i don't know i feel like eggs can go with anything but i yeah. love that sandwich i mean it was kind of it's more of like it, you could eat it for i mean you could eat it anytime eggs are good at whenever but that was it was so good and that was the where i had mayo on it too and that was one of the first times i ever did mayo on kind of any kind of breakfast sandwich but mayo oh, and turkey so... already makes sense anyway so oh my god like just egg sandwich i'm telling you egg sandwich you make a you make an egg uh you you know you cook you cook the yolk through mostly cuz you don't want it like completely dripping off the sandwich but no you put mayonnaise mayonnaise on both sides of the bread do like a little bit of salt and pepper, you know, like whatever you like to make it a little spicier. Um, and you, oh, that's just, I could eat yep. it all day. I'm done with you. I'm done. I'm I can't totally believe that it. people don't like mayo. Dude, on I'm not a, kidding on when I sandwich. say mayo is the most divisive. I have, ne- between <laughs> what kind of pizza people like, which is a, co- a common thing in chat when people that's are true. always like, eat dish or die in my chat. And I just, well, anyway, <laughs> we're not going to go there. But then uh, when it comes to mayo too, th- th- I've never seen people more, sp- I feel like it would almost be, we should really. We got to do a Twitter poll on mayo maybe next week. We like should. just like, do you like mayo, mayo or no? Because people don't feel halfway about it. Either people, yeah. I feel like people either like mayo and appreciate it for all the great things that you can use mayo for, or they hate it. I like uh, it's you crazy. know I can understand I can understand people's palates differing in, in the case of like a lot of foods, but I think like mayonnaise on an egg sandwich, for instance, the yeah. only way that in my mind. Like I am not capable of understanding how you wouldn't like any of those flavors unless you were literally allergic 
to yeah, one or more of them. It. Like you, like you had a you had a negative association with them because you were actually like allergic to them. I, somebody in chat said that it feels like everyone hating on Mayo is just young and haven't given it a chance. It's like a texture thing, maybe for I don't know. I feel like that because also when you also I also made this argument too about how many things actually contain mayo beyond just like the fact that you can put it on a sandwich but like even salads you know what I mean? i'm talking about yeah. like you know, chicken salad all that other kind of stuff absolutely like mayo is just so like used you, you could eat you could eat mayonnaise without even realize you're eating it like i yeah. i mean if you didn't like mayonnaise i bet i could put a really thin layer of it in an egg sandwich and you wouldn't even know you would just be like why is this egg sandwich so delicious and afterward i'd be like ha huh, i'll tell you why because there's mayonnaise on it yeah well, see, and then now we're getting to people that are saying, no, I like sweet chili mayo, spicy mayo. They, 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 they people don't like the just normal straight up mayo. Hmm. I mean, I, like that's mm. those are that's I think I, mean, I think mayonnaise. Look, mayonnaise is like a blank slate, right? Yeah. Like if mayonnaise is is a great area of opportunity for culinary innovation, like sure. because yeah, I I like I like mayo, but mayo is not the end game. The end game no. is like truffle aioli. It's like sriracha mayo. It's Tabasco mayo. It's like infuse other flavors with mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is just the base. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm right. I'm right there with you. But you know, I'll, I'll take some normal. normal I, you know what? If I ever, too. I don't know. I'm never going to be able to run for political office. But I swear to God, if I ever get in any position of power, even if it's just have an employer or two, and they don't like mayo, mandate. I'm going to make. I'm going to be like, listen, you're going to eat mayo till you like it because you don't. You don't get it, dude. <laughs> Like until you got you guys, we're gonna mandate that everybody must pledge allegiance to Mayo because you're gonna be in bed you know, with Big Mayo. I'm gonna be, dude. I'm gonna get in bed with Hellman's or whatever else, dude. <laughs> and everyone's gonna have to eat Mayo on their sandwiches. I'm just not gonna allow. It. Is that a dry sandwich? I'm sorry. Are you eating a turkey sandwich? Are you eating a, a turkey sandwich without Mayo on it? Uh, excuse me, sir. See, I um, actually I'll, don't like. How do you even eat a turkey sandwich without so some dry. kind of without some kind of know. lubricant? I mean, maybe people will say mustard, but that's not the same. I mean, you can do mayo and mustard. You could do on a you could sandwich. do mustard with ham, but like yeah. mustard, mustard is like it's uh, it's not nearly as universal as mayonnaise. Like mayonnaise can work on just about anything. Mustard only works on like a small set of things. Yes, totally agree. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. Well, we've already. <laughs> there are people that like mayonnaise and people that are wrong, and I think we've That's been able right. to identify a lot of those people tonight. It's all right. I'm seeing a lot of people that are wrong, though. For a fact, I know that they're that they're young and inexperienced in life so far. So that's yeah. fine. It's okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that like I'm gonna be a <laughs> century. I'm 47 and I just like mayo since the day I tried my mom's devil egg. You can send a letter <laughs> in and tell me that. All right. That's fine. But for the majority, I've seen a lot of young people in this chat. That are like, I don't like mayo. Leave your wrong so. opinions in a five-star podcast review. Just review it and, and tell me how wrong I am. Okay? <laughs> That's fine. Um, all right. Um, we have another topic I don't think is going to be yeah. quite as controversial. But I, I'll be interested. I'm, maybe I'll be surprised. Uh, from Iferons on Twitter. Uh, candy corn, yay or nay. I personally <laughs> love it. This is him talking. This is not me. He's saying, I personally love it. But hate that I love it because it is because it is pretty gross, and I feel like that's a that's a, I think that's not an uncommon opinion. Is like some no, people yeah. eat it, but they it's it's one of those foods that you look back like you look at an empty bag of candy yeah. corn and you're like, why did I eat this? This is garbage. Yeah, I I totally I think candy corn is this like candy corn is just such a waste. 
of not even calories, but like if you're going to eat candy, like candy corn, maybe a few handfuls, like I, I sure I'll eat it during Halloween or whatever else. But it's not something that like I, I really have any kind of fondness for. Yeah. Um, and I agree because, yeah, the text, it's waxy. It's, yeah. it's like there's nothing about it's not horrible. It's not the worst thing it's ever. But yeah, like I don't a fun food to eat. It's no, just but like it's not sugar. Even fun. It's like waxy sugar. Yeah. And so it's not it's bad for you. It's bad for your teeth. And it's not even like that sweet. It's like they found a way to put a ton of sugar into something and then still right. make it like not as good as it should <laughs> That's be. That's true. That's a good description. Yeah. Like you compare you compare candy corn to other like other foods like, you know, chocolate bar or other things. I bet candy corn probably beats out some really delicious stuff in terms of like the calories and fat and all that. Sure. I mean, I've been pretty vocal about my hate of Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls are absolutely the garbage shit at the bottom of your Halloween, you know, at the bottom <laughs> of your bag. Like, again, some people really like Tootsie Rolls, but they're, I mean, again, edible, uh, but compared to the other stuff, they're a very low tier when it comes to candy. And I think candy corn is yeah. in the same kind of category as a Tootsie Roll, where it's just like, you could, you could eat one or two, but like, why? Like, I feel like I, I'd the, almost rather eat nothing. I'd almost when rather you get eat to, nothing. here's the thing. I think this is, this is the kind of uh, mental exercise you go through. When you like when you get older, when you graduate from not just being able to eat literally all candy ever and like not gain weight, not really care, like when you're a kid, um, and so like I used to eat whatever I got for Halloween because like sure. I'm gonna eat all of it. Beggars can't be choosers. But you know, but like now candy. in this stage of my life, I'm like, sure. look, these are these are calories going into my body. So am I going to waste that on like a tootsie roll? Or right. or like something I actually really like. Like if I'm gonna have something sweet, it's gonna be something good. It's gonna be like chocolate yeah. I like, or like cheesecake, yeah. or like some, you know some kind of dessert. But like I'm not just gonna like grab a handful of Tootsie Rolls and toss those back because like all of a sudden I've eaten 500 calories and like I've gotten nothing. And out I've of never it. no enjoyment out of it. I'm just, yeah, like exactly. Candy yeah, corn no, I, is I, actually I like. There's just no, from my perspective, there's no redeemable reason to eat candy corn because there is like, there is no one, I don't think anyone can tell me that candy corn is their favorite candy. If you tell me candy corn is your favorite candy, I like, I don't know if we can be friends. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I don't, I I would, I, I can't imagine there exists a person who would actually say that, but I mean, it is a big world, but you can like candy corn. But if candy corn is your favorite thing, if you would rather have no other candy than candy corn, I will question your sanity. Yeah, there's not. I mean, yeah, there's. I can't imagine there's anybody that feels that way. Um, people in the chat are discussing Tootsie Rolls, the, the the fruit flavored Tootsie Rolls, but those aren't. I'm talking about the original flavored yeah, Tootsie yeah, Rolls. Those... I've had the fruit flavored ones. Those are much more. But yeah, no. But the the stock and the normal Tootsie Rolls, just I'm the not, normal like, flavor is yeah, just it's not easy. It's easy to pass yeah. on. It's like it's not something that it's not something that tempts me. If you have right. one, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Right. Whereas, like, if exactly. you have a Twix bar, you know what? Yeah, I'll have a Twix bar. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> Twix are Twix are great. Now the que- the real question is, do you? Yeah, people. Uh, do you like? Aiden said this, but uh, he dips his Tootsie Rolls in mayo, and believe it or not. <laughs> I believe that that would improve the Tootsie Roll. I, I think you're on the right track. I think you're on the right I track. I think some people are trolling, but like I would, I would try that <laughs> at least. I would maybe it would. Who knows, dude? Um, I would definitely give that a try. Uh, hmm. Damn. So, so I'm gonna go with nay then on candy corn. I think yeah, that's no, what I'm I definitely, I'm definitely a nay. But like I'm I've eaten it in my life. It's just not. I think as I grow older, 
I recognize that like there's no value in eating it. If I'm going to eat candy, I'm going to eat something that I really like. And so yeah. I think candy corn, the only, you know what? I don't mean to belabor this topic, but like the yeah. only yeah. way candy corn even still exists <laughs> is because of Halloween. People no, it is. Have, oh, people have such that's... a glut of candy. Just like <laughs> that people are willing to eat anything <laughs> because they're just yeah. shoving candy in their faces. Just, like candy it's... corn could not get away with like being something people buy for any other holiday. If candy corn came out nowadays and not people in chat were linking when it came out in the 1800s, candy corn could not exist as an actual. I don't think if candy corn came out like and it was a new thing and tried to compete in this market, you'd think candy corn. That's a legacy ass candy. That's true. What, before before there was fucking actual good shit to eat, and I think Tootsie Rolls is the same thing. That's why they made fucking fruit Tootsie Rolls because they're like, corn oh shit, only we, exists because like, it because like it's something you grew up with, like. It's yeah, already it's because all it's nostalgia. already in the market. It's been on the market longer Never than seen. like any of the other candy you're eating today. So like that's the only way it gets by is because that's there's great. already the infrastructure built. Like you're not tell me one person today who's building a candy corn factory. It doesn't happen. No. Absolutely not. I'm actually not fascinated about are there multiple candy corn manufacturers? Is it one candy corn? Let's see here real quick. I wouldn't because I want to know if it's all if controlled it's like... by one company. Yeah, if it's one company. Okay, found around Halloween. There's three colors of the candy. It's made from sugar, corn syrup, and confectioner's wax, artificial oh, coloring. That's, oh, that's all good for you. Sound, sounds great. All right, yeah, and this is what people were linking. It was created in the 1800s by somebody in Philly. God damn it, man. Why you got to <laughs> Of course it was Philly. Um, and they began production at the turn of the century, and they called the product originally Chicken Feed. Believe it or not. And I think actually <laughs> they were ahead of their time because now thinking about candy corn, I think this would be – I think for chickens, this would be a great treat. But I'm not a chicken. But <laughs> go ahead true. and throw it's, this for chickens. I'm sure they like would a have pretty, a sugar high. Like a pretty cheap little chicken yeah. treat. That's yeah. actually true. Maybe, maybe that was originally what it was intended for, uh, for fucking chickens. That wow. makes a lot of sense. That's actually very educational. Wow, dude. So I'm trying to see if of the variants. Yeah, no. Uh, the recipe remains the same today. I, don't even, I couldn't name a much. single company that makes candy corn. It's not. It's I not don't... like. It's not like it's a. It's a company like you know Hershey's or anything like that you'd recognize. I bet it's some yeah. nameless conglomerate that controls the entire candy corn like distribution network. So it's owned by the Jelly Belly Candy Company now. So oh, in 2001, okay. so the company Jelly was Belly... renamed. So I'm assuming Jelly Belly owns the patent. I guess. So to Jelly make this Belly stuff. locked down the candy corn yes. company. I okay. think so. They I got so. swallowed up. They probably see the people that sold it. They knew it was on its way out. They knew that that basically that candy only lives because people continue to accept it. Yep. Yeah. No, I totally agree. There will be a day. There will be a day when when Walmart says, "You know what? We don't have any Enough. more room on the shelf for candy corn." No. You know, I wonder if there's a. You know what though? This is actually making me think though because. Maybe there is a market – there is a market – this is a whole. So people – what you have to do is shift your product focus a little bit because there is clearly this nostalgia factor, right? People grew up eating yeah. the shitty candy candy corn. But what if you could keep a similar formula, maybe even the waxy texture that people love, but actually make it taste good? Like there's a market for that. That's maybe true. to come in and swoop in. Like because I agree because – like the the problem is it's just like you, you don't even it doesn't even taste that good. But if you could actually make it taste decent and yeah. and still fill that hole, but maybe it's all about the the fact that you grew up with it, so maybe that wouldn't even take off. I feel like that's the thing like, is there it's a pure nostalgia play 
that you know what like you might see you might see a handful of candy corn around halloween yeah. and think right. i haven't had candy corn in a long time you know i'll i'll, I'll have a little bit here because like, it's you know tis the season right I'll, I'll i'll have a little bit of candy corn and just the fact that there's enough of you the one person that's willing to eat a handful of candy corn one time a year <laughs> that's right what <laughs> Oh, is enough to keep it stocked on shelves every single Halloween. God. That's capitalism at work. It really is. It really is. Well, kudos to Candy Corn for surviving this long. But like you said, maybe finally there will be a, put, a stop put to it at one some of point. These days, one of these days, kids are going to demand better. I mean, kids are yeah. getting smarter every year. I'll one, tell you, I'm not passing Candy Corn down to my kids. There will yeah. be no Candy Corn. And I swear to God, if they go parent, to a house... What kind of parent yeah. is buying Candy Corn these days? Like. No. Do you? I I would rather I would rather walk by your house with the light off and not even stop than for you to give me candy corn. Yeah, it's it's not. And 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna teach them about the danger. I'm just gonna be like, if they bring it home, right? And I look into their bag, and there's just some scattered candy corn at the bottom of it, much like uh, you would leave for a chicken if you were to throw it upon the ground. I will say no. Don't even. I don't even want you to. Don't even put if, it in your mouth. If but, someone, if someone, not worth it. hold on, let's. I don't mean to get into like like the way Halloween works these days, but like if someone is handing your child, just <laughs> <dropping> <laughs> in their if they're taking an open container of candy corn <laughs> and just grabbing a handful of it and dropping it into your child's bag, can, I'm gonna go ahead and say any more than that. Can you be? I'm going to go ahead and say you probably should not allow them yeah, to eat that candy that's corn. True. That's true, dude. Holy oh, fuck. Holy oh, fuck. Halloween. Yeah, and also, yeah, I mean, just, yeah. I mean, it could have many razor blades in it for all we know. I mean, if it's yeah. not wrapped, we, we, you really shouldn't let your kid eat it anyway. I just have but. this I just have this, uh, this mental image now of, like, you know, this lady walking up with, like, a pumpkin. She's walking up to her door with, like, a big, a big plastic hollowed out pumpkin basket that's just full to the brim of candy corn that's just already been opened and she just grabs a big handful of it and just drops it all in this child's bag and imagine this child has never has never tasted the disappointment of candy corn and is maybe even just very young, maybe four or five years old, and reaches to take that first piece of, and no doubt this is this is stale. This is candy corn that she has had left over for probably twenty or thirty years. Oh, it's just and they like put stale. it in their it's mouth. Got, it's got like a, you know a little bit of a little bit of sweat on it from her hands, <laughs> some just, dust because oh it's been collecting it. And they bite into that dis- piece of fucking disappointment that was created in the eighteen hundreds by oh, Jesus you, Christ. That's how you ruin memories, by George for children. Vinegar. Yeah, that's how you ruin it. And don't. Like, the world already has enough pain and suffering, like, that we don't need candy corn in it. Like, we really don't. And Halloween should be a fun time, like, for kids. All right? So just say that. We need to really start. Just say no to candy. We really should campaign to get this off the shelves. I look, think. In, or or in, we could maybe write directly to Jelly Belly and be like, just stop making it. We're, look, every single person done. every single person listening or watching this cast right now in, let's let's be generous and say, like, 10 or 20 years, right, you're all going to have... You're all going to have to come to the like the side of Halloween, which is the the giving side, right? right? Right now, you might be young enough to still go trick or treating or whatever, but in 20 years, you're going to be the one at the door handing out candy every night. So we're going to start now, right? We're going to start making sure that the people giving out candy are giving out quality candy. And quality if you control. don't look, if you don't want to participate, 
you can you can shut the door and turn the light off. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't have to actually give. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think people feel compelled, but if you're if you're giving candy corn away, if this is if that's like all you have, then you you instead of destroying the sanctity of Halloween candy and the whole process, you should turn you should shut your door yeah. and pretend you're not home. Yeah, like just, that that's better for everyone. Just be, yeah, just like you know, pretend you're not I home, totally. right? Instead of like having your neighbors and everyone in the neighborhood hate you. Exactly. Just just keep the door shut. Good advice. Wow, I really I, as 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 normally I didn't think this was going to be such a triggering <laughs> topic, but the more we got into it, the more bullshit we continued to uncover. That's uh, the thing is I feel like we it's uncover like, it's like investigative journalism. Like we're is. just we're we're peeling back a layer at a time that you don't realize how complex topics like these are. No, they really are. And you don't realize how strong your opinions are about them because they're kind of sick. Because, I mean, again, we don't. I wouldn't probably even think about candy corn except for if I happened to cross it on Halloween or if this question to come up. So they just kind of lay dormant, these opinions that we have, that we <laughs> hold very strongly, and then they explode. So anyway, I think – and isn't it funny how we feel strong, strongly about food on this podcast? It's always food, I feel like, that we I have think, the most I – mean, but food – it's also but like the is... part of the part of the strong feelings here are like tied to a holiday. It's like, you know, there's food food is only a part of this equation. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And we do have I have to say, I do I don't want to say that everybody hates candy corn. So people in chat are very upset and clearly I will shout you out, Jumpman Rob, very adamant that he enjoys candy corn. And I'm I'm not I'm not gonna tell you that you're wrong, Jumpman Rob, because taste is a matter, I suppose, of opinion. But I think you might want to go to a doctor and make sure there's not some kind of cancer going on in your taste buds, buddy. That's all I'll say. But it's, I mean, it's okay if you like it. I'm just saying if you like it more than every other candy you could right. have at Halloween or give out at Halloween, yeah. like that's where I don't understand it. I don't understand how someone, aside from cost, like I get that you can get, a, you can get pounds of candy corn for nothing. Sure, right? it's cheap. Let's take cost out of the equation. What makes you want to walk into a Walgreens and walk and out of it with a with handful of like a, bags of candy corn under your shoulder? Tell me what motivates you to do that. Exactly. And if I mean, Jeff and Rob, if the, if you're that person, maybe you are the. I I we need to we need to expose we need to this hear more. from you. Yeah, we need to hear from you. Write us an email or stuff. Honestly, Jumpman and Rob, if you feel this strongly about it, and you're one of those people that will go into a CVS during a Halloween season and buy a fucking three dollar and ninety nine cent bag jumbo bag of candy corn, I want to know why you're doing it. Just please write us an email. I would love to hear it. I would love to hear it. Um, all or right. Five, or a five star podcast review. Or a review, even that too. However, however you want to do it. Um, all right. So we have two quick TwitchCon related questions. Uh, and if this is perfect timing for, to tell people to, and we'll say it again at the end, but there will be no podcast next week because uh, I will be at TwitchCon. Brad will be at TwitchCon. Brandon will be at TwitchCon. Katie Zen will be at Family Video, unfortunately, but Katie he'll be Zen's there in spirit. A cheap trick concert. Yeah, or, or, or a cheap trick concert. <laughs> But yeah, we're all going to be at TwitchCon, and that's very exciting. Uh, going to be happening next week, so just keep that in mind. There will be no cast. Um, but we have a question from Not So Ordinary Gamer uh, for us about TwitchCon. From the cast attending, what are you most excited for at TwitchCon? Which is a good question. I'll let you start first. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's this is like it's a weird question to answer as as someone obviously so closely connected to Twitch. There's, it's hard for me to say what I'm most excited for because it's like the whole weekend is sort of just a, a fun whirlwind of things that I like and care about. 
Um, but the thing I'm most excited for is seeing a lot of people in uh, like in person who you really only know over the internet or you don't really know over the internet, but you know, it's like a chance to meet a lot of awesome people. Um, and so like what I've found is that there are a lot of people, or at least what it seems like is that a lot of people are going to TwitchCon that don't actually go to other conventions. Right. And so, yeah, you know, like, I mean, we've, we've, some of us will go to like PAX and we'll go to various conventions. Um, but some people like are going to TwitchCon and it's the only thing they're really going to. And so I'm just excited to meet a whole lot of people. And, uh, you know, and see people that in some cases I might not have seen since last TwitchCon. So that's, uh, I feel like that's the same answer I might give for any other convention, but, uh, but this one in particular, because it's like the highest density of cool people that I look forward to seeing. And, um, and I'm excited for like seeing the people from KBMod that'll be there, um, yep. from the community, from, you know, Scott and Brad and all them. Like it's a, yeah. it's just a chance to get to see people that you don't see all the time in person but that you might hang out with day in, day out online. And so I'm, I'm super excited for that. My answer is exactly the same. Like uh, definitely just the, spending time with the people that I don't, I mean, probably get to see. I didn't go to PAX, any of the PAXs or anything this year. This is probably my only con I'm going to be going to uh, this year. So yes, just seeing people that I haven't seen all year, um, catching up. Um, and again, like it's always fun to like go to panels and do whatever else. And there's some stuff that's going to be going on, but I feel like a lot of the it, it's all about the the time that you actually spend uh, with with the people that you want to see there. So that's that's what I'm excited about. Um, and yeah, I, I, think, I totally agree. Uh, you I basically think, stole my speaking thunder. Speaking of that, I think speaking of that, um, just as a quick plug, I think we are going to have some sort of KB Mod meetup at uh, TwitchCon, yes. Um, yes. but I don't I don't know any details. Like I'm not sure because I haven't been to the San Diego Convention Center before. So I'm not sure we actually know the time or place yet, but I would say we will we will promo more in a second. But um, follow our Twitter account if you want to meet up with uh, us and other folks from KB Mod because we will announce the location and coordinate more uh, on Twitter as the date gets closer. But it'll probably be on like that Friday or Saturday uh, somewhere, most likely outside of the convention center in case like people that don't have a ticket want to come. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, keep an eye out for that if you're going to be around TwitchCon or the San Diego area uh, this next weekend. And uh, and we'd love to to see you guys. And then the yes. second question here from Queen yes. Cypriana, is Scott going to dab at TwitchCon? <laughs> no. The answer is no. Though, I say no now. He says no now. I say no now, but there is a strong possibility that maybe with a few, I mean, there's going to be multiple parties. There may be some say, uh, there is beverages a, there is imbibed. A, there is a state in which I believe Scott would dab. Yeah. Yes. If I get to that state, uh, all bets are off. Uh, I think that and it is possible. There's as good a chance he reaches that state at TwitchCon as there is any other time. That's a good point. So good. I think we'll, we'll say the jury is out on that one. Um, Exactly. Whether, whether, I, I, whether there's mm. evidence that Scott dabs at TwitchCon, that's, that's a different question. But, yes. uh, but I'm, I'm going to go on, out on a limb and say that uh, we could make it happen. Yeah, exactly. If in my current sober state, I'm saying, uh, I'm saying no. But like you said, Brandon, there, there's a state of, of being that I this could enter. This that is I could calm, enter. reasonable podcast, Scott. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is, this is not the same Scott that will be uh, attending various events at twitchcon exactly um all right well thank you guys for your questions and i'm really excited because uh 
We've got a we've had we've had consistent we've had multiple reviews the past uh, few weeks, That's and uh, this week we have just one that we're gonna that we're gonna do. But it's a, it's a doozy. It's a good one. So uh, again, if you want to do a, a podcast, um, if you want a chance to get your review read on, on the cast, all you have to do is use your current iTunes account that I'm sure all of you have. Okay, everybody in the world has an iTunes account. Steve Jobs before the beginning of time assigned everybody an iTunes account. And if you forgot your password, just go back to iTunes, Apple.com, register for an iTunes account, search the KB My Podcast, and leave us a five-star review. That is required um, to be able to get your review read. And then just tell us what the podcast means to you in the in the content of it. It can also be more abstract stuff, like maybe your opinion on the hot dog being a sandwich or how you fat you think I am. How wrong we are about candy corn. How wrong we are about candy corn. Why mayo is disgusting. It could be any number of topics. But the, the key thing is you need to leave a five-star review because that's what this podcast deserves. Uh, but then you can get maybe your, uh, I would say, 15 minutes of fame, sometimes longer, sometimes less, uh, and we'll read the review. So this... The review this week comes from a uh, user named Hold My Ducky One, and uh, <laughs> the, it's a five-star review, of course. And the title is "It's Okay." The podcast thinks it's another cat, which is already that's a, that's starting. A, a nice, nice, spicy callback to spicy callback to, to a an meme. old KB Mod meme. Old KB Mod meme, yes. And um, it reads as follows: Dear APL Brandon, uh, excuse me, Dear APL Brandon. The guy who works at Blockbuster and the guy who plays Rust or whatever. <laughs> this morning, while I was listening to my regular food podcast, also known as the Mod podcast, eating my Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies with a side of candy corn. <laughs> God, he's so on point. And some steak from Denny's left over from last night while sipping an ice cold glass of mug root beer. Jesus. The root beer was cold, but not as cold as my freezer, which has my back stock 30 pounds of frozen Wendy's fondue fries that I was saving for dessert. Holy sentence, Batman. That is quite a meal, Brandon. That is quite a meal. Well, I noticed that many of my favorite foods are subject to relentless discrimination as you go on and on about garbage tier <laughs> foods such as hot pockets and corn dogs. Wow. Dude, it's crazy that, of course, of all nights that we would choose. I mean, this review was picked before we even got on the candy corn topic. Yeah. yeah so no this kidding. is this is crazy. All while you drench your pathetic throats with eggnog, which is far worse than pumpkin spice lattes on all levels. Okay. He's feeling strongly about our food opinions. And yes, avocados are garbage, and it's such a cash-in barn door. Open your eyes. <laughs> Great cast other than that. <laughs> Oh man, that is a lot to unpack. That is wow. Some very strong opinions. Yeah, I do want to reiterate that we like picked this review before we even like we really did before before we even like grabbed the questions or anything for this cast. Like this review was sent in this week, uh, five days ago. So so on so yeah, really hitting home here, especially with what we discussed tonight. Okay, well we got. I mean. I guess we we have found at least one person who appears yeah. to disagree with almost all of our points. Almost everything about food as of yeah. late. Yeah, uh, like I mean, he's, he, he, I don't know if it, I don't know if anybody actually enjoys mug root beer on Iraq. Like I, I don't, 
I feel like I that think, could be a I troll, but... I don't think but... anyone looks forward to mug root beer. No. Like, no. You, might, you might have it because, that, because you want root beer, and you're at an establishment that doesn't have anything better. Yeah, sure. But, like, I, guess. I don't think anyone's going up to the counter, and again, I... I mean, if this is you, uh, definitely write in and let us know because I'd love yeah. to understand your ment- like just your mental process on all levels. But yeah. I don't think anyone walks up to the counter at an establishment and says, hey, do you have any mug root beer? I don't know if that's ever happened. And I someone, agree. And someone is like, no, we've got we've got like IBC or, you know, we've got we've got like this local, you know, this local brand. And they're like, like eh, barks. no, that's OK. That's all right. I, you know, I'll have water instead. I don't think anyone does that. Absolutely. No, I don't think so either. Uh, but he really is salt. Brandon, he really goes after you here because you, we know how yeah. a fan of Hot Pockets you are. What a big fan. Yeah. And corn dogs. Now, I'm okay. Listen, I, I, I'm i not as big. I'm not near as, as big of a Hot Pocket uh, fan as you are. But uh, so we may differ on that. But how dare he's coming after corn dogs? Yeah. Like corn dogs. Yeah, like I, you're, if you're gonna you're, if you're gonna I, t- call something I, garbage tier food, like okay. let I, I look, I can be reasonable here. I'm not saying hot pockets are like great food. I'm saying I like hot yeah. pockets. But if you're gonna say that both hot pockets and corn dogs and corn are dogs like are the garbage. same are like the same tier of garbage, I can't. that like I'm not I'm not sure that we're talking on the same level. Like corn dogs are clearly clearly a higher level than than hot pockets. And I don't think either. Agreed. Look, you know what? If you said hot pockets were garbage tier, I wouldn't be upset, right? Because like it's low, it's it's pretty sure. low, like that's, it's pretty low pretty tier. Um, but corn dogs, like corn dogs, are not garbage tier. They're at least mm-hmm. one tier above garbage. Agreed. Agreed. I don't. I don't think that's fair. I'm gonna have to call him out on that. And also, I don't. I didn't advocate. I didn't say avocados are garbage. I just said that they they get put. I think they're they're the use. They just get used too much, and it's just a marketing thing. I think they can be. I think I mean, an avocado he, can be fantastic in the right situation. Capitalized avocado too. Exactly. So it's exactly. like, it's like avocados is like a name brand to him, and it's so it's so upsetting. Yeah, he really doesn't like it. I mean, I agree that avocado I mean, they are pushing the the the, the farming industry or what is pushing avocado uh, for I sure. Feel, I don't I disagree. Feel like we use but, Scott. We we live in a time of like such extreme language, and yeah. sometimes I'm guilty of this too. Okay, but avocados. He says avocados are garbage. Garbage. I. I, I that feels strong. a little a little a little too far. Yes. Yes. I, I agree. I agree. So I. So I. It's hard to know. Again, hold my duck. You may have just been. Also, can we refrain from the personal attacks? While you drench your pathetic <laughs> throats, why is my throat pathetic? You can insult, I don't know. You can insult the eggnog, okay? But my path- you're drenching your pathetic throats with eggnog. Aren't you trying to say the eggnog is pathetic? Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just I'm just. Uh-huh. Let's keep we sh- we should keep this objective. You know, I, th- mm. I think we're willing to accept differing opinions. Yeah, we're but, okay uh, with that. You know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Look, I mean, I'm unless not, he's had. I'm a... not going to rip the pumpkin spice latte from your hand. That's fine. No, that's we fine. can exist in a world where you have a pumpkin spice latte and also enjoy how a delicious eggnog is. Like yeah. I, I, you know, different, a little look, bit extreme. Different, yeah, different strokes for different folks. And there's a time and place too. I, if I'm in a, if I'm in the mood for a latte, I don't really like pumpkin spice lattes as we've talked about. But if I'm in sure. the mood for a latte, that's a very different mood than an eggnog mood. Like, yeah, yes. Those are totally two different agree. states of mind. Very different. Very different. Hmm. 
Well, thank you for huh. the review. Uh, hold but, my I mean, he won. But this is why, I mean, hey, strong opinions. We expect them uh, on the Foodcast uh, or the KML Podcast, no, I, as this is called. It's good to, so. you know, it's good to have our to have our assumptions checked sometimes. And I think he he has checked just about all of them in one review. Yeah. So look, we you know appreciate your viewpoint, appreciate you writing in. Um, yeah. Most of all, appreciate you rating five stars and being eligible to have this conversation in the first place. Exactly. Well done. Hold my ducky. We may differ uh, on opinions on certain things, but we don't differ on the fact that this five that this podcast is five star worthy. That's so, right. Thank you very much. Um, all right. Holy shit! I think that's going to do it for episode two hundred and fifty one. A small, intimate cast with just me and Brandon. A historic cast, really. And man, we really we had a lot to talk. I'll remember about this one forever. I will. I will too. I will absolutely remember this podcast. Uh, until the day I die, episode 251. Uh, if you want to check more KB Mod stuff out, which you should, kbmod.com. You can follow KB Mod uh, at uh, on Twitter at KB Mod Gaming. That's our handle on there. Um, kbmod.com. We've got uh, reviews that go up there. We've got uh, you know uh, game reviews, hardware stuff. Um, you know different yeah, we stuff. Had, we had a review of Recore recently. Yes, uh, Recore we'll was on have, there. Probably have new build guides coming out at some point here shortly. So, yeah, lots of good stuff on the site. Exactly. So check that out. You can follow me at APL Fisher. You can follow uh, Brandon at Volition, V-O-L-1-T-I-O-N. And um, there will be no cast next week. Just remember that. We will be at TwitchCon. Um, but we will resume, uh, God willing, after TwitchCon. Uh, so you'll see us for episode 252 in two weeks. And, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Uh, unless you have anything else to say, Brandon. No, just uh, if you're going to be at TwitchCon or, or anything, uh, definitely, you know, come say hi to us. Don't be a stranger. And uh, follow our Twitter account and, and come to the meetup and come hang out. Do it. All so right. We will, see you we guys will see you in, uh, We'll see you in two weeks. So there is no podcast next week. Just another reminder. Um, so if you won't be at TwitchCon, I guess follow us on Twitter and we will make you wish you were at TwitchCon. But, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Uh, so we will see you all later. Bye. Don't get the RFID chip. Yata. <laughs>